Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Logan Bailey. Welcome to the NW Sports Podcast, football edition, brought to you by our primary sponsor, Three Chord. I'm your host, Logan Bailey, and today is our kickoff and our preseason preview. Um, we have quite a few guys here, and uh, we'll have you introduce uh, each other to the crowd. Keith Brown, 1987 Tenora graduate. Uh, enjoy, obviously, Tenora sports and just sports in general. Uh, been broadcasting Tenora Rams live since... 2016, 17, I believe. So, but thank you for having us, Logan. Uh, AJ Fairchild, I uh, graduated in 2013 from Tenora. We're all kind of Tenora grads here. Uh, I was just a couple of years ahead of Logan there and uh, played football right alongside of him for a little while. Outside of that, graduated Tenora and kind of left football behind until I got back in town here, picking it back up now. And I'm Tony Fairchild. I'm uh, the Tenora's. Uh, varsity softball coach. I've been coaching football for a long time. I started coaching football before I started coaching softball and coached junior high football at Sonora and, um, for about 11 years, stepped away for a couple of years, and now I'm back at it again this year. So looking forward to it and uh, got into broadcasting with Keith a little bit and absolutely love it. And Logan, again, thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate all you guys joining and uh, I think it'll be a pretty good time. And and that's one thing. We may be some Tenora guys, and some people may say we're biased, but I can tell you one thing is we talk football outside of Tenora 24-7. So uh, <laughs> you can get some good uh, info from all of us. So uh, why don't we kind of go into, since we're done introducing each other, uh, what we're all excited for this season. Um, I'll, I can start first. I mean, I'm personally, I'm just ready for football to start again. I mean, football, I live, breathe, and die. So I'm pumped to just get out there, see some games, and uh, see a lot of these great athletes in Northwest Ohio. I'm the same way with you, Logan. I can't believe the scrimmages. Some start tonight, some are tomorrow. I think Rams scrimmages Friday night at Elmwood, but it's just hard to believe that uh, in two weeks from tonight we'll be at Liberty Center kicking off the 2022 football season. Uh, it just seems like we were literally just done with high school baseball uh, a few weeks ago. So uh, just looking forward to this season, uh, seeing uh, all the uh, teams in action and – can't wait for the kickoff in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to just seeing how things go this year with uh, football because, you know, injuries and things like that can change the game for anybody. Uh, even some of the powerhouse teams can all of a sudden overnight be a totally different team if they have some injuries. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how the season develops. I've been looking forward to football season coming back since November last year. <laughs> I think we all have. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a football nut, so I mean, <laughs> I've loved football all my life, and I, when football season's over, I kind of go through depression, I think. You know, college football goes off, and I'm like, oh, it's over, but um, I tell you what, it's uh, exciting to see it back, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of being back in the booth, and I think it'll be a fun time again this year. Might be a little bit different for us up in the booth, broadcasting for Tornado Rams Live, but we'll, we'll see how the season goes. Yeah, I mean, like, like you guys all hit it right on the head, I mean, football... Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, you even have junior high games. I don't know what day do you guys play. Uh, depends. Eighth grade, eighth grade plays Tuesday, and seventh grade plays on Thursday. So four days of football throughout the, the season. Uh, that's a lot of football in a year. So, yeah. well, uh, well, we'll get right into it. Let's uh, let's talk about some team previews. We'll go through uh, each conference and break it down team by team. And uh, we've done our research and uh, kind of break it down and see uh, what each team has coming to the table this year. So. We'll start first. Uh, Green Meadows Conference is up on the list, and uh, I would say we know that conference better than any other. So we got to see all these teams play in years past, and so we've been able to see not only kids from last year, but we've been able to see them 
grow up and develop through the program as well. So uh, we'll start with Tenora first. That's the team that we know best. So uh, looking at them, head coach Kenny Krause, they were 2021 GMC champs. Um, lost a lot of key players from last year. Very senior-driven class. Uh, lost a couple All-Ohio players and uh, Cole Camaso and a uh, couple GMC player of the years and KP DeLarber, running back, good, very good running back. Baden Hancock was first-team All-Ohio as well. Uh, I, I just think – this year, the Rams got a little bit different, a uh, little bit different team, a lot younger than what they were. Um, but I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on the Rams this year? Uh, just uh, you know, losing all those starters last year kind of worries me a little bit. But looking at the defense, though, we still have our core linebacking crew coming back, which gives me a little bit of hope for our defense. Um, really, the linebacking crew is what guides and runs the defense so as long as you can have a solid crew there you can kind of build around that uh so i think tenora is going to be playing a lot of defensive fronts uh to to hold off everybody else's offense while tenora tries to figure out what they're doing with their their uh rushing game because you know tenora is very heavily a running running team and that's something too they i mean they lose their number one running back number two running back christian Camaso transferred to defiance so um, they do bring back Brandon Edwards, and that's one big stat I kind of highlighted too is if you look at it, he led Northwest Ohio 9.29 yards per carry. And, I mean, I think we saw that all year, his explosiveness and his ability to uh, get after it in open space. Yeah, absolutely, A.J. hit it right on the head. So did Logan. Uh, Coach Kraus back for his 25th season, 178 wins, still runs old-school wing T offense. I mean, positive with that is there's not too many defenses around the area that practice against a wing T. So they do have that in their favor. Uh, last season averaged close to 34 points on offense. Defense, 10.5 points. Uh, had three shutouts. So bad thing is you lose 18 all-GMC combined players. Obviously, Cole was both ways, and so were a couple of the, the offensive and defensive linemen. 12 seniors, uh, that's the second most to Antwerp as far as uh, graduates. Uh, Rams last year, 314 yards a game, close to 1,600 total rushing yards. Basically, you lost your entire offensive line and probably your defensive line. It's, it's probably going to be a, a, an adjustment period for everybody, uh, coaching staff, players, fans, and, of course, us. We're used to seeing you know kind of dominance on the field for the Rams this year. Uh, no Nolan Schaefer, KP DeLarbre. You lose the offense and defensive player of the year, and along with all the other, uh, you know, Bryce and Eric Bone on the offensive line, Baden Hancock both ways, Bryce with both ways, Hespi, Bone, Kaysen Wolfram. Bad thing with Kaysen, he broke his hand like on the second or third play last year, and that kind of, <laughs> yeah, you know, so I believe Bryce did too. Yeah. So they both had broken hands most of the season, which – they're you know, broken bone buddies. Right, with, you know, Kaysen <laughs> kind of hindered him last year. But uh, we'll see what uh, Coach Krause has in store for the Rams. Nolan Schaefer, I mean, seems like he's been the Rams quarterback forever. Uh, I did some research a couple days ago. Last 2018, Spencer Giesegi was the last Ram starting quarterback. Oh. So <laughs> there's a name from the past. Spencer Giesegi <laughs> was the, in 2018, your last Ram started before uh, Nolan graduated, so yeah, they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a tough time with replacing Nolan. You know, just that experience, 
you know, and, and Gavin Eckert's getting a call there on the under center. And, you know, we'll see how he does. And, you know, I, I was there, um, that senior class was one of the last groups that the group in high school that I coached at junior high, I coached those boys as seventh graders. And of course they grow up a lot from then, but you know, we'll see how, we'll see how he develops. And, um, you know, Gavin, the other thing about Gavin's he lefty, you know, you don't see too many lefty quarterbacks. So, um, he's a good athlete though, a great baseball player. And, and, you know, we'll see how he develops underneath there. But he's going to have to show some leadership abilities right off the bat. And, and like Keith was saying, you know, the whole offensive line's gone. Defensive line's going to be rebuilt. Um, you know, it, it like you said, it's going to be an adjustment period because we're used to line up, smashing it down their throat. And I think we're going to have to have a <laughs> – might take a little bit for us to get moving and start smashing the ball down people's throat. We'll see what happens, though. Yeah, and I, I, I like what you guys all had to say. There's a couple other points I was I had on here uh, – AJ, you kind of touched on it too, their their linebacker core. And like you said, I feel like that's going to be their heart and soul, the defense. And I feel like starting off, just because they lost a lot on offense, they're going to really have to rely on their defense. Um, but like you said, I mean, they got three really good underclassmen and Joey Geisinger, Braden Rostein, Grady Gusweiler. And, and as Logan is saying, and so did AJ, those three last year all were together most of the season. And we spoke about those three multiple times a game were probably – three of the better players on the field on defense for the Rams, uh, at least the last six, seven uh, weeks of the season. Yeah. No no doubt about it. And for and, that sophomore group to come together like that was, you know, was really great to see. Yeah, one thing I'm looking looking to see how Tenora responds, jumping up to Division Five, that's yes, going to be a yes. big step for them this year. So, you know, we'll see that that's going to be a huge step. They're going to they're play some powerhouses when they get into the playoffs, if they get that far. So that'll, that'll be another change. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't know if you guys have looked at that whole region, but, I mean, honestly, that's probably one of the toughest regions. I don't care what division. I mean, you have Liberty Center, Archbold, Ottawa, Glendorf, Coldwater, Eastwood, and Elmwood, which I think those two are going to be very, very tough to beat this year. Otsego, Port Clinton, I mean, that – I don't know what to say. I don't, and when I played, we played some tough schools, but holy smokes. I mean, yeah. that's, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I would assume your state – Final four teams going to definitely come from that region, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when you look at that, you look at that group. I mean, think about last year: Liberty Center and Archbold. Archbold's undefeated, beats Liberty Center pretty handily earlier in the season. Then Liberty Center comes back and beats them in the playoffs. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But those two teams, that was Archbold's only loss. So, um, yeah, it'll be tough. Back to the Rams, real quick. We did lose Dylan Camp, but Jacob Bishop, which we saw in a few games. Uh, <laughs> towards the end of, of some of our blowout games. This kid, as a freshman, he's a sophomore now, incoming sophomore. He just has a cannon for a leg. So our special teams unit probably isn't going to drop off much as all as far as kicking. May actually improve as far as kickoff. So uh, we'll see what Jacob Bishop has to bring as far as uh, the new Rams incoming kicker. You know, another last big point I was kind of looking at, too, is tenor uh, has got new defensive coordinators this year. Yeah. Aaron George is Absolutely. gone. He's back to Patrick Henry. Uh, I believe they're going co-defensive coordinators with Casey Helton and uh, Jeff Schleser. I think they're going to kind of tag team the defensive roles. But, uh, I mean, that's, that's a big loss. Uh, Aaron George has been there for the last couple of years. So, I mean, we'll see a new defense possibly. Uh, I imagine they run a lot of the similar concepts. But, I mean, you're bringing two new guys in to call in plays on the defense. And I know H is still going to have a say in everything too. So <laughs> he always going to say H is going to still be down there some, in some aspect. <laughs> he just can't say no. Well, also Casey and Jeff both came from Tenora. They're used to the the same schemes, same you know uh, five two front. So it, you're probably going to see a lot of the same same features. Yeah, and I think I mean just kind of wrapping up to Tenora. I mean, looking at 
Brandon Edwards, I think I think he has a big year, but it's all going to depend on how the line blocks. I mean, like you said, we would watch him time and time again, and to average 9.26 yards a carry, I mean, that's that's a first down every time he's getting the ball. And he only had 50 carries, but he had 463 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns too. So um, I'll be curious to see how he does this year. I, th- I feel like it could be hit or miss. It could be one way or the other. So uh, kind of see how that goes. Yeah, I think if Brandon gets through the – you know, the uh, first three, four yards of contact, uh, probably nobody's going to catch him. (laughs) He's uh, got speed to burn. So, yeah, big things hopefully this season for uh, Brandon Edwards. Finally gets to shine as the Rams running back. All right. Well, I think we'll kind of wrap up to Nora there. We'll move right along to Antwerp. Uh, I think Antwerp uh, going into it, I think they're going to be the team to beat this year in the GMC. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are, but, I mean, 9-3 and three last year, 6-1 and one in the conference, only conference lost to Tenora. So um, I think head coach Jason Hale has been doing a very nice job over there. Um, they do lose a lot of 13 starties, starters is what they lose. Uh, big key player in Jagger Landers. Uh, he's, he was a good athlete on the, the basketball court too as well. So first team All-Ohio for basketball and uh, – so we'll see, but they bring back Carson Ultimus. Um, I honestly, I think he's your front runner for offensive player of the year in the GMC. So uh, bring back a couple other good athletes, Landon Brewer, wide receiver, Reed Leachty. Um, I think a lot of those kids, I think they have a lot of talent coming back. So what are you guys' thoughts? I, I actually was going to talk about Carson Ultimus coming back. Watching him play last year against uh, Tenora was kind of scary to see what he was able to do with the football. So it's going to be fun to watch him play this year, you know, with one more season under his belt and just see where he takes Antwerp. I know they lost a lot of players, but, you know, when you have a solid quarterback like that, you can make things happen. So it's going to be fun to see. And last year he was only a sophomore too. I mean, that's a crazy thing. He's going to be a junior this year. He's still yeah. got another year under his belt. So, yeah, it was neat. Uh, Carson, I, you know, and we talked about it at the game um, when we broadcast last year, that, you know, the goal for them was keep him moving. Don't let him set his feet, you know, try to put pressure on him, you know, being, right. being a sophomore, try to make him move, make him make, make mistakes. And, you know, and that might be some of the, you know, people are going to have to scheme against that and try to get, get to the quarterback, try to keep him rolling out, moving his feet. Could be a big thing for him. But I tell you, Carson's got a good arm. He's got a cannon. And, um, you know, obviously, like you said, Coach Hale over there has got things going in the right direction for Antwerp. It's been a long time. So I think since Antwerp's had a lot of success and, um, you know, I guess we'll see what happens, but I think they've got some good players back. Um, and I think, like, I agree with you. I think they're, they might be the front runner, one of, one of the front runners. Yeah, and just adding to Carson Ultimus, um, one of the top quarterbacks in the area as well as a sophomore, uh, 203 completions out of 329 attempts, 61.7% completion percentage, uh, twenty five, little over 2,500 passing yards, 28 passing touchdowns and seven interceptions, which, uh, I mean, that's a pretty quality season if you ask me. Right. Um, Antwerp lost 14 all-GMC players, 13 seniors. Last season averaged 31.5 points a game, close to 350 total yards a game. Uh, Defensively, under 15 points a game, averaged 230 yards against. So we'll see. It's it's nice for Antwerp. For them, they have kind of a three-headed monster back, quarterback, running back, receiver. Got Ultimus. Um, boy, oh boy, saw him as a freshman. He just knew he was going to actually, probably me and Tony actually saw him, uh, junior high, uh, just coming up. You kind of knew this kid was just going to be special and started as a freshman and still hasn't let up. Uh, Parker Moore, Landon Brewer out wide, got Reed Lichty, also Ultimus as a rusher. It's, it's going to be hard to stop those three, four players. But then again, as you guys, you know, stated on previously, you lost basically your 
offensive line. Yeah, similar so, issue to Tenora, too. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, too, I mean, anytime you lose four starters on the offensive line, I mean, that's that's always raising a red flag to see if, if you can have those guys that are going to step up this year and fill in those roles. I mean, sometimes I always think, too, I mean, I played offensive line, but offensive line are kind of the unsung heroes. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, if you have a good offensive line up front, I, it makes things a thousand times easier for all your skill positions. Yep. Yeah, Coach Hale back for his fourth season. Uh, listen to that guy on the Black Swamp uh, preview show last uh, Sunday. It's just kind of one of those guys that just makes you feel good about yourself and you kind of just want to do anything you can to help uh, your teammates out. So shout out to Coach Hale. Just one of those guys that seems like as a player you'd want to do anything you can for him as a as a coach and a leader. Um, but yeah. Antwerp probably is – at least for me, one of the top two teams in the GMC coming into uh, this season. Like I guess I got your top three uh, key position players on offense back. So, also wanted to give someone a shout out. Uh, something that we we've used a lot too. Uh, check out Black Swamp Football for sure. Um, get a get one of his new magazines. I mean that, like Keith said it before, it is your football bible of Northwest Ohio. So we did a lot of research. We also looked in his magazine. Great read. Um, can't say enough good things about it. So that's just something too. And and speaking of that, that's why I brought it up is because I read a comment in there. Uh, Lynn Grohl was interviewing Coach Hale, and he said uh, this is the best summer work attendance that they've had since he's been there. So. Yeah, a lot of actually, yes. Shout out to Lynn in that magazine. That's my go-to, and probably most everybody that's a diehard high school football fan, you cannot go wrong. That's the best $18 that you'll spend. Easily. I mean, that's probably got a lot of our information from that. So, But going back to Antwerp, a lot of people forget they actually dropped football for a season. I think it was well, 2015. I, they did not play varsity. That's right. So they had low numbers, and it's one of those things. Um, yeah, there was some talk about them going to a seven-man or, seven or eight-man eight team. Man. Yeah. yeah, so it's good to see that Coach Hale has everybody uh, back believing in uh, Antwerp Archer football. So, um, But, yeah, that's just one of those things where you bring a program that was la- uh, lacking numbers, actually skipped a varsity season. And to build up the numbers, and they've, you know, the last two two seasons been uh, pretty decent. And this uh, 2022 season, definitely uh, one of the front runners for the GMC title. All right. Well, if no one else has anything else to say, we'll move on to Edgerton here. So, uh, looking at Edgerton, they were four and six last year, two and four in the conference. Uh, head coach Brody Flegel. Um, I think, guys, I think Edgerton's going to surprise a lot of teams this year. I mean, we watched them play against Sonora, but. Uh, I was looking here, keep the no all-conference players lost. This year they bring back 10 starters on offense, 11 on defense, which, I mean, that's phenomenal. You bring back almost <laughs> your entire offense and defense. Uh, a couple good, really good athletes, I think. Um, Corey Everett's at quarterback. I think he's going to do some big things this year. Uh, first team d- defensive back in the GMC, second team quarterback in the GMC. Um, Warren Nichols was a pretty quality running back as well. Um, a couple other guys, Ray Pels, Caden Pasillo. Quentin Blue, I think uh, they got a good group of guys coming up, and I, I think this is the year Edgerton kind of breaks out of their slump the last couple of years. Yeah, they're they're one of my uh, top teams in the GMC, honestly, with all the starters returning. And, you know, we went over there and watched them play, and it was raining when Sonora played last year. And and I tell you what, I, w- I felt bad for Everett's. He, he was throwing some good balls, and they, just, they everything they threw, it just seemed like they were dropping everything, just ball out, out of their hands, out of their hands, out of their hands. And, you know, and then some of those balls were getting, you know, thrown low, but it was raining, and, I think they've got the talent, you know, to make to make a good good run for the GMC. And, you know, the, Everett's is a good athlete, like you said. Um, 
But, you know, we'll see what Flegel's got up his sleeve to, to compete. Well, the nice thing is also they have their entire offensive line back. So that's – we only <laughs> yeah. kind of talked about that. T- is, total uh, opposite from the other two teams <laughs> yeah. we talked about in the Green Meadows Conference. Yeah, so you've got a, a pretty good quarterback sitting there, an experienced quarterback behind the experienced offensive line. That can be dangerous for a lot of teams. And uh, with that many starters coming back, they're going to be a powerhouse in the GMC this year. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys said. Actually, they're my – Favorite to win the GMC this year. I actually have Edgerton uh, defeating Antwerp. Mark that on your calendar. October 21st, <laughs> Edgerton is at Antwerp. That's the final game of the regular season. That game right there more than likely could decide the GMC championship. But Edgerton, as far as me, we saw him last year. And, I mean, like you guys said, it was rainy, drizzly, and it was just a complete disaster for Edgerton. So Coach Flagel is third season back. Um, as AJ said, it's when you have your entire offensive line back, um, Everett's candidate, at least for me, to be the GMC Player of the Year next Definitely. to Ultima. So, um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Everett's is probably going to be up there this year. Uh, crazy thing, looking at last season, I mean, I wasn't able to do be at the game. I was at college, but I was watching you guys' <laughs> broadcast and I followed. But uh, just crazy to see the turnaround from losing eight to fifty-four to Tenora to next week. They they only lost to if you look at it, Antwerp fourteen to twenty-two. I mean, Antwerp was a quality opponent. I mean, just to see that turnaround. So I mean, it shows they have some potential there. So uh, like like you guys said, I'm I'm curious to see what they do this year. Uh, Everett's just looking at the notes: fourteen hundred yards passing, nineteen scores. Close to 1,000 yards rushing, 823, 13 touchdowns. So he's a candidate, at least, I mean, on paper, to at least go for 1,500 yards plus passing and eclipse 1,000 yards on the ground. So you got your two running backs back, Nichols and Quentin Blue, Piccolo at the wideout, uh, Herman also. But uh, Edgerton, I think, will surprise a lot of people. Uh, Coach Flagel, which I think Logan probably played against Flagel. I think I did. <laughs> it seems like, my gosh, you just watched him play, and he's, this is his third year as a, on the sidelines for the uh, Edgerton Bulldogs. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's just crazy. It's crazy how fast time flies, too. But, yeah, like, like I'm just kind of looking at some other notes here. Uh, I'm looking, again, five starters on offense. They averaged uh, 30 points per game in 2021, but only averaged thir- – oh, and their wins, but only 13.5 points per game in their six losses which I think a big thing this year is going to be playing consistently. And in, and like I said, too, it goes back to fall apart against Tenora. They go back against a quality Antwerp opponent, and they play them tough. So I think it's just going to if – if they can stick to it and play consistent all year long, I think that's going to be ter- the determining factor if, if they win the GMC. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and this is the first time in, boy, three or four years I can remember that Edgerton's actually, I believe, they're coming to Tenora this year. Yeah, yeah. So for just one of those things that with Antwerp missing that season, there's just a scheduling quirk that we always seem to be playing at Edgerton. And to me, that is at least as a fan and broadcaster is probably one of my top one or two places to go watch a game in Northwest Ohio. It seems like you literally are on the field. (laughs) I mean, seriously, on the visitor side, you can touch out or reach out and touch a player, actually. So as, as far as Edgerton uh, venue-wise, is, that's definitely at the top of my list. And as far as on-the-field performance, um, like I said, Coach Flagel, third season, uh, my pick to win the GMC uh, this season uh, over Antwerp. 
Yeah, and I think, too, going back, kind of looking at their defense, I mean, I think this year their secondary is going to be very strong, probably one of the top in the, the GMC. Everett's, Pasillo, Herman, Quentin Blue, they all combined for seven interceptions last year, so I thought that was a pretty impressive stat that I saw as well. So let's go ahead. Uh, no other comments. We'll move on down the list. We'll go down to Wayne Trace. Uh, looking at Wayne Trace, four and six last year, four and three in the conference. Uh, head coach Matt Holden enters his second year, so uh, – Got a lot of young talent there at Wayne Trace. Uh, I think they're another team in the GMC that's really going to have a turnaround season this year. Uh, looking at who they lost, a uh, couple key players. Uh, first team GMC tackle, Landon Whitman, who moved on to Ohio Dominican to play football. Uh, a couple other guys they lost, Nathanson, Joel Reinhardt, also a couple of all-conference players, Brace and Parrish. Um, looking at key returning players, uh, only one GMC all-conference player, Race Price, uh, second-team GMC, but he actually uh, led the air in interceptions with, I believe, seven last year, which I, I never knew. I, at the end of the year, looking at the stats, I'm kind of like, holy smoke, seven interceptions. <laughs> uh, pretty impressive. Uh, 18 starters return. I think that's a big point. So. Yeah, he lost six seniors. I mean, that's, that's uh, pretty uh, good for Coach uh, Matt Holden in his second year. Um we did not see Cooper Winslick last year at Tenora. Um, I think he was hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. He did not play. Uh, Minnick, I believe, was the quarterback for Wayne Trace last year when they came over. But averaged 22 points a game on offense, uh, 21 on defense, um, which I was surprised, which I think Logan has in the notes, that they're – actually rushed more than they passed. Now, me, when I think Wayne Trace, I'm thinking they're throwing the ball all over the right, field. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yes. I think the the Spies boys throwing the ball everywhere. But they actually passed for five thousand or 1,508 yards and ran for uh, 1,350. So that's, to me, as far as Wayne Trace, like, I guess, you know, we see him play, but it just kind of was like an eye-popping thing for me uh, that there was pretty much like a 50-50 balance as far as uh, offensive yardage. Yeah, uh, back when I was playing for Tenora, that, that was their offense was, you know, the, the spread offense, passing just about every play. So to see that they uh, actually ran more attempts than they passed, that's kind of weird to me to, to think of Wayne Trace in that aspect. But it's kind of cool to see how programs change over time. Yeah, Winslick back has close to 1,400 yards in the air. Uh, Kyle Slade's back, Jared Pierce, um, two running backs back there. Uh, Tucker Antone, uh, Race Price, Ezra Sin. Sin, speaking of a sin, there's been a sin play at Wayne Trace. I, I could be wrong, but for the last 40 years, I think there's been a sin on every single Wayne Trace athletic team. Kind of like the Dravis, kind of like the Dravis thing. Yeah. yeah. Always, there was always a Dravis at Sonora. So, yeah. You know, you got down to hear a stat here. Logan Kings of the turnover in defense. They had 12 interceptions, 11 fumble recoveries, and 19 forced fumbles. That's, to me, that's something that's probably being taught. Yeah, the coach is probably working on how to get in there and get to get you know dig at that ball when you right. got somebody set up and um, you know that can be a big that can, and that can be a turning point in any game if you could force a couple of turnovers and so you know easily they could go you know you get a turnover you could turn any of those games around and it'll be neat to see what uh, uh, Coach Holden does the second season and you know coming off a, a first year trying to get everybody used to your kind of your scheme and what you want to do and and like. You know, Keith just kind of pointed out, you know, everybody's used to Fairview, or I'm sorry, Wayne Trace throwing the ball over the place, comes in, and I want to throw and run now. And um, so it'll be, it'll be neat to see what they do this year. 
Yeah, and uh, just kind of going off the turnover, I know in college, obviously I played offensive line, but our defense, uh, the thing they preached was win, win the turnover battle. I can't remember. They, they told us there's a statistic. They broke down in the NFL all the games, all the turnover battles, and if you won the turnover battle, I can't. Your percentage of winning was astronaut. It was like 70%, 80%. If you won the turnover wow. battle, you pretty much won the game is what it, what it led to. Yeah. But I, I thought that was pretty interesting that I didn't realize they had that many as either. So, I mean, <laughs> like you said, 12 interceptions, 11 fumble recoveries, 19 forced fumbles. That I mean, that's something that I'm sure that they, they're practicing every single day, and I think that's something that, that Coach Holden probably takes pride in as well. Yeah. Uh, I think last thing kind of want to touch, touch on too, and you kind of mentioned it, just getting understanding the the new schematics of the offense and defense looking here they started one and five but finished the season three and one so that kind of tells me throughout the season struggling a little bit but then I feel like that last stretch they kind of figuring things out and uh, right. kind of really buying into the program and what the coaches had to say yep. let's go ahead uh, we'll move on to the next team Ayersville in the GMC uh, Ayersville six and four overall four and two in the conference uh, new head coach this year in Andrew Mickey. So uh, he was a Black Swamp guy last year, an analyst. Uh, I th- believe he was on 105.7 The Bold, too, for a little bit. Yes, he was. He was the color analyst for uh, Garrett Mansfield. And so he's the the new head coach, kind of looking. Uh, the lost a couple key players, Hayden Dales, uh, actually played against his older brother, Dawson Dales. Um, he, Dawson, played at De- Ohio Dominican. Hayden's going on to Finley as well. Um, just kind of looking. They lost uh, Bradley Young, uh, their kicker. Jacob Stiltner, Jacob Trevino, which was their quarterback. Um, I mean, pretty much all their offense. We watched them last year, ran through Trevino, and if you shut Trevino down, kind of struggled after that. Um, But looking at key returners, uh, six starters on offense, five starters on defense. Uh, Big name comes right out, Owen Berner, uh, first team, GMC, uh, running back and linebacker, and uh, Brady Clark, second team, offensive line, defensive line. But I think uh, those two guys are going to be kind of who the team rallies behind. I think they have a lot of experience. And I know personally watching uh, Burner play, I mean, he he plays hard, probably one of the hardest kids in the GMC. I mean, every single play he's going all out. Uh, really impressed me when I watched him in person last year. Yeah, Ayersville, uh, nine all-conference players, uh, 10 seniors lost, Uh Listen to Coach Mickey on uh, Black Swamp Podcast. He's just like, again, young enough that he can relate to today's players, and he just has such an upbeat attitude, wants to get the pilot program back to kind of its glory days when uh, Coach McCord was there. So uh, good luck to Coach Mickey. And actually just benefits everybody in GMC if Ayersville's back uh, competitive as a football team. But uh, big loss uh, quarterback-wise. Um Trevino, 1,150 yards through the air, uh, close to 500 on the ground, um, 13 rushing touchdowns. So he's going to have big shoes to replace him. But on the bright side, you got Owen Burner back, as Logan said, um, close to 1,500 yards last year, 11 touchdowns, 225 uh, receiving yards. 7.4 7.4 yards per uh, carry. So probably see uh, Owen Burner uh, probably get close to that 2,000-yard plateau as well. Um, replacing Trevino, uh, Lucas Fishball possibly, but uh, all-purpose quarterback like uh, Jacob Trevino is really uh, tough to replace. You know, the one thing about Ayersville is they've lost, like, all their defensive backs. Um ordinarily I would say that's a big problem to have, but a lot of the teams in the GMC right now have gone kind of a mixture of 
of uh, offense. So, you know, the, the passing game isn't necessarily as big of a deal to cover right mm-hmm. now. I mean, we'll see how things develop over the season. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see who fills those spots uh, as well as, you know, who comes in as quarterback, what they do with, with that position. Uh, you know, when you only have Owen Burner as your star on the offense, it gets to be kind of easy to shut down that one guy. Uh, we, we see that time and time again. So they're going to have to find some other players that they can get the ball to. Uh, and not having a go-to quarterback right now is going to make that a little difficult to throw the ball out outside the pocket. Tony, you got any comments on Ayersville? You know, just I was I, honestly, I was kind of joking to get that. I'm gonna jump ahead just one, but it was kind of funny when I looked and I saw the McCord. He's coaching at Fairview, and they got a new guy at Ayersville. I was like, it kind of <laughs> took me for a second. I'm like, what? What's going on here? But yeah, um, but yeah, you know, bringing in new coaching staff. You, you know, um, the, the, correct me if I'm wrong. They had a new coach last year, also, right? He well, was there for one year and then left. Well, it. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Because well, Chris Dales came back, but then before him, they had another one as well. Okay, so they kind of switched up some coaches here in the last couple of years. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. So you know, they've you know take that away from Fairview. Fairview's always been kind of a powerhouse, but here in the last few years, it's kind of been. Or I'm I'm sorry, Fairview, but um, but with the Ayersville, you know, you coming in and you know you get new guys and you know Coach Mickey. Hopefully, he can get things rolling right away and, and get things moving. But um, you know, we'll see how he does. Um, but I think, you know, Ayersville is a, you know, it's a football school. And, and I think kids want to play football there. You know, it's always been a tradition. So right. they'll, they'll get kids out to play. And, and, and that's kind of been one of the things um, lately is kind of numbers on some of these teams. I've been hearing some numbers coming around, low numbers. But Ayersville has got tradition there. And I think they'll be okay bringing kids out. And then we'll just kind of see where they place everybody with, you know, the new coach and the new schemes and all that stuff. Yeah, and kind of adding on to that, talking about tradition, uh, I have down only fourth head coach in Ayersville history. Four, I mean, that I, that tells you a lot right there. So, I mean, I think Ayersville is a very prideful program. Um, have a very long history of uh, success over there at Ayersville. Um, I'm excited to see what they do to this year. Uh, I think uh, Coach Mickey will do a nice job. Um, I'm excited to see what, what uh, Ayersville brings to the table this year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, Logan, I agree. It's just kind of like the situation with the Rams. You see the same names year after year, Trevino, uh, Peyton Dales was injured, you know, unfortunately, but he's still one of those names you always see associated with Ayersville. Uh, Jacob Stiltner's lost. Ike Iden, Rick Sherman, Isaac Miller, just names you see, you know, since you're basically a freshman or sophomore for sure, that are no longer uh, with the program. Yeah. And you, oh, go ahead. Oh. I was uh, just going to say one game that I think everybody in the area looks forward to with Ayersville is Tenor and uh, Ayersville playing off for the river rivalry if i can say that correctly it's <laughs> kind of hard to say tongue but, twister uh, that that game is always fun to watch because no matter who is on top of the, the gmc that year it's always going to be a toss-up going into that game it's kind of like the ohio state michigan game you never know who's going to come out on top so i'm looking forward to that all right well let's go ahead uh let's move on to hicksville in the gmc one and nine last year uh one and six in the conference head coach lucas smith uh enters his uh what would this be 14th, 14th, 14th season, season. Yep. so he's been there quite a while um, he was there when I played too so uh, great coach great guy um, had a tough year last year I mean Hicksville is another team uh, I feel like last last year was kind of a I don't know un, kind of uncommon for Hicksville usually Hicksville puts up some decent seasons um, but again I think it comes down to a numbers issue like I, I don't I feel like I can't remember what I heard but I know numbers were down um, oh, yeah and, that, and that's a tough thing everywhere and Adding on to numbers, I just thought it, 
opposite end of the spectrum. I read, uh, was reading up on Marion Local, 70 kids coming out this year Jeez. for being as small of a school as they are. Talk about a power. I mean, I yeah. think that's the reason why they're a powerhouse. Well, absolutely. That's why they're, it was kind of like, I remember we went, when we used to play Delphi Shepherd or Delphi St. John's, went down there one day and I walked over the concession stand. And it was just, pers- you know, they could run out in the field and it was just like, they just kept coming, you know, in those, those powerhouse schools. But, you know, Hicksville is one of those schools that's, you know, they, they deal with numbers. It's, you know, they're a small school. They're going to deal with numbers, getting kids out. But like I said, I kind of across the area, I keep hearing the thirties. Like a lot of the schools are in the thirties this year. Wow. And you, you think about that, you know, I think Tenora has 38, somebody said. So, wow. you know, in Hicksville's, you know, they're a little bit smaller than Tenora, I think. So it, it'll be interesting to see, um, I, you know, I think Hicksville, like you said, it, they're just one of those teams that's, they have talent, they do well, and then there's there's years when they don't have talent and they don't have the numbers to to cover that up. Yeah, Lucas Smith, 14 years, has 93 total wins. I mean, uh, you just feel bad for Coach Smith the last couple of years just because of, like Tony said, the numbers thing. Hicksville, um, boy, oh, boy, they're so competitive in, on the gridiron. It's just – they need just kids to get out. It's like back when Jake Greer played and Peyton Tunis and all them. You lose Jackson Bergman this season, who's kind of do it all. Yeah. Uh, four all GMC players just lost five seniors. Um, again, a numbers numbers thing. Uh, averaged twelve points on offense, gave up close to forty two on defense, uh, over four hundred twenty yards allowed on defense. Um, it almost seems like just reading some of the the preseason comments that uh, Coach Smith just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and trying to see what's <laughs> sticking, um, just for lack of a better term. Uh, moving uh, Klima from quarterback to wide receiver, uh, Brody Balzer from wide receiver to quarterback, a couple guys moving from the line to running back. It's that, yeah. just kind of putting the best athletes on uh, the positions to succeed. But, uh, again, GMC is just much better when uh, Hicksville is a uh, top-tier program. Yeah, and I'm just kind of looking through some of the notes here as well. Um, I think front seven on defense will be a strong point this season. They bring back some kids with uh, some size and some physicality up front. So um, I think it's going to rely a lot on them. Um, again, they have 18 returning lettermen, which, I mean, that that's fair. Uh, seven starters on offense, eight on defense, and that's also a fair amount. So uh, possibility. I, I think Hicksville improves a little bit this year. I, re- I mean, I really yeah. do. Um, again, Coach Smith's moving some guys around, and I think that's, as a coach, if – if things aren't working out, you got to adjust. And I think he realizes that. And uh, I think I think Hicksville has some more success. Success. Yeah, has five games with six points or fewer on offense. Um, as far like Coach Smith, like his offense, we keep re- at least personally keep relating back to, you know, the 2010 to 2019. But Hicksville, their offense was one of the more unstoppable offenses in the GMC during that time frame. And um, – just be good to get them back on their feet, um, get some kids out, and help Coach Smith turn that community and program back to uh, winning ways. Yeah, like you said, you know, six points, you know, and then you see some of the changes that he's making. That's, I mean, it's called for. You, you got to do that. I mean, if you're only putting up six points a game. What obviously what I'm doing is not working. Right. And 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 moving some linemen to running back. You know. Uh, I look at that all the time. You know, you look at me, and maybe this guy could run the ball. You know. And if, Maybe he may not be the fastest guy on the team, but he's got legs like a horse, and just let him just pull people down the down the field. You know, sure, sure. you only need four yards of carry, right? So, um, you know, so he's making some drastic moves. It looks like, and hopefully, it works out for him. 
All right, let's go ahead. We'll move on to Fairview in the GMC. Uh, looking at Fairview, new coaches here, and Coach John McCord, son of Greg Craig McCord, um, the Ayersville Hall of Fame coach, who's also on staff at Fairview. Uh, Fairview was three and seven last year overall, three and four uh, in the conference. Uh, thought this was kind of interesting too. Coach McCord is bringing the pro style offense back, and Fairview, I feel like uh, they've they've really run the spread the last few years and for a little while, and. Uh, See how they do this year with that. Uh, lost a few key players. Uh, Weston Minnick, uh, Brady Carsnow, Easton Kime were all uh, all conference players. Um, looking at key returning players, five starters back on offense, nine starters on defense. Um, only GMC conference player I have here is Kyler Blair. He was second-team GMC linebacker. Um, I think I'm, I'm excited to see what Fairview brings. I mean, I think that's a common theme. There's a lot of new head coaches this year in Northwest Ohio, and uh, I think Coach Coach McCord comes from a great background. Um, he's been with Fairview for quite a while as well. Uh, I have down at least last eight years. I mean, that's that's nice that you can have someone that goes through the program and sticks it out and uh, really knows the kids as well. I think that's helpful too. Yes, it's uh, first-year coach John McCord, but like Logan said, it's not like he's coming in unknown like he's been there for five plus years so he's familiar with the kids and the athletes um quite a changeover from coach rakes last year phil morrow just one season um so the kids adjusting to uh, another coach third coach in three years for the apaches uh 11 seniors graduated um just under 12 points on offense which as far as a fair view, you're thinking, boy, oh boy, you know, they're putting up 35, 40 points a game year after year after year. Uh, such a huge graduating class the last two to three years. Uh, defensively, 25 and a half points per game, allowed 300 yards total, uh, lost 10 starters, uh, scored 21 points or less, I think, in every game last season. Um, lost your quarterback, Carzenau. Uh, Dylan Gaber's back as a running back. Uh, DeAndre Hastings should be one of the more exciting receivers in the GMC. Uh, Jeff Smith back as well. Uh, like Logan said, you lost uh, Weston Minnick. Um, another new quarterback in the GMC, which seems to be yeah. a you know kind of a familiar thing. New coaches, new quarterbacks for half the league. Uh, Brevin Williams, I believe, threw four passes last year as a leader. So um, we'll see what Fairview has to bring under... Uh, new coach John McCord. One thing I noticed last year was uh, when when they played Tenora, there was a lot of like attitude problems and like uh, oh, yeah. discipline issues on that Fairview team last year. So I'm going to be curious how uh, Coach McCord handles some of that this year. A uh, couple, I think, a couple of them are coming back. I think they're juniors that they, I saw some of the issues with last year. Uh, so we're going to have to kind of rein that in a little bit because you know, as a football team, you need to be able to play together, and uh, we'll just we'll see how that plays out for them this year. And I think too, like going on top of that, I think I think that was a culmination of things. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, rough season, yep. new, new coach adjusting, a lot of adjustments. Um, also, down, had down here, they had a lot of injuries last year, so I I, I, I can sense the frustration in the program. But I, I think this is the year that under Coach McCord, um, like I said, he's been there for a while. I think he knows the kids, he understands the kids. I think he kind of starts flipping that around. I I don't think they have a huge breakout year, but I definitely think they they improve as well. So. And uh, going back to what AJ said, as far as the Ayersville rivalry, also, I think Fairview 
when uh, Tenor and Fairview get together is kind of just the same atmosphere, if, if not more lately, with Fairview being more competitive than Ayersville. It just seems like all the kids get just really excited for the Tenora-Fairview uh, rivalry on the gridiron. Yeah, that was a good way of putting it, excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, and I'm just looking, going through some of his notes here, you know, Easton Kime is gone and you know, that's a, we talk about that all the time. You were talking about the other schools, but like Kimes, Singers, uh, Z Dykes. Uh, you know, it was like every time you look at Fairview, there's one of those names in the roster. And, yep. um, you know, so it'll be neat. Uh, you know, I'd like to see what McCord can do here. You know, obviously his dad's going to be there with him, and obviously he was a great coach. And, and, and again, they've all been there. They didn't completely redo the whole staff. And yeah. um, it'll be neat to see if Fairview can get that pro-style offense going and, and see what they can do with it. And one other comment I had, I, I was kind of looking as well. I think Jackson Grimes is going to be back this year, and he's battled with some injuries last year and throughout baseball as well. But, uh, I mean, you look at him, he's a pretty good athlete, 6'5", 240. I mean, that, that's a good-looking kid in, in the GMC. So I think he he's one to keep your eye on and does some big things this year. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead. Uh, we'll move on to the last team in the GMC, Paulding. Uh, Paulding, they're 0-10 last year, 0-7 in the conference. Uh, new head coaches here as well. <laughs> a lot of new head coaches all around, like we said. Uh, Steve Farrell, uh, he was a former uh, 1990 Paulding High School graduate, and he played football at Defiance College. Um, looking to bring the gun tee power spread and 3-4 uh, defensive scheme into the into uh, Paulding County. Uh, key players lost. They lost Sam Woods, uh, running back linebacker. He was an honorable mention GMC, and uh, they bring back Dawson Lamb who was honorable mention GMC as well. So, uh, guys, what are your thoughts on Paulding this year? I, I look at that offensive scheme, and I see gun T power spread. It's like covered everything, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm not really sure what the gun T power spread is. It's kind of like a little combination of everything. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there with that. I'm not real sure what, what to expect when we go see them play. So it'll, it'll be neat. And, um, you know, Paulding is – they, you know, they used to be they used to be a pretty good football program back in the day, and it, it'll be neat to see if they can get them back there now that they're part of the GMC. Definitely. Yeah, Coach Farrell taking over for Coach uh, Tyler Aaron. Um, see what Coach Farrell can do. Tyler Aaron, one of the nicer guys around, uh, one of the better ADs in the GMC. So uh, good luck to Tyler, but uh, see what uh, Coach Farrell has to do. Uh, lost two all-GMC uh, players graduated six seniors averaged 10 points on offense gave up 43 on defense um if you look scored under six points uh six times i believe uh 10 starters returning on offense so that could be a plus um jacob five close to 800 yards five tds through the air running backs uh, dawson lamb uh Braden sanders um, got four offensive linemen back, so that's always a plus. Um, so Steve Farrell, at least he has something to work with. And like Tony said, Paulding was a you know pretty decent football team back in the 80s and 90s, early 2000s. And this town the size of Paulding, you would think you could get some uh, quality kids out for uh, football. Do you have any comments? I, only really one, uh, looking at 0-10, you can only really go up from there, right? So let's see what kind of improvements yep. they make this year. Yeah, uh, just me personally, a shout-out to My Sports Live over there yeah, in no the polling area. Those guys do a fantastic job in uh, covering polling, Antwerp, and Wayne Trace. Uh, nothing but uh, A++ for those guys over there. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, if you ever get a chance, watch one of their broadcasts. I mean, top notch. I mean, and the guys they have on uh, broadcasting, uh, they're great to listen to, too. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Keith. All right, so that wraps up the GMC. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's look at the NWAL, the Northwest Ohio Athletic Conference. Um, so, I think the NWAL is going to be pretty pretty tough this year. So, uh, let's go ahead. Let's start with Archbold. Um, NWAL is historically known for powerhouse teams, and Archbold's one of them. Uh, 12-1 last year, only lost to Liberty Center in the playoffs, 7-0 and in conference. They were NWAL champs. Um, coach of the year and David Dominic, he's a great guy as well. I, I really like him as a coach. Uh, I think he's done a lot of nice things over there at, at Archbold. But I think the, the big question that – it's going to come up time and time again is how's Archibald going to do without DJ Newman? I mean, talk about talk about an athlete. I mean, baseball, basketball, football doesn't matter. Three-time All-Ohio player in all of the sports. Uh, I, I can't say enough about him. So, I mean, that's the big question mark this year for Archibald. Oh, boy, Logan. I <laughs> pretty much summed it all up there. We, we discussed this multiple times during our broadcast, basketball, and baseball when we, we were against Archibald, you see DJ Newman with like four or five other athletes and somebody that really didn't know who he was and you would see his stats, his accolades and everything. Hey, go pick out DJ Newman. You'd think it'd be this, you know, hey, somebody would just stand out like, boom, oh, he's right there. No, he, he wasn't. But just everything he did last year, uh, 21, 59 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, 1,300 yards on the ground, another 20 touchdowns. Um, it's just tough to replace a guy like that on offense, but Archibald pretty much has everybody back. So, uh, Carson Dominic, um, 1174 yards, 17 touchdowns last year. Uh, another one, um, shooting for 2000 yards on the ground this season. So, uh, Josiah Gomez also throw his name in the hat. Um, Devin Morris, he's third team, all Ohio player. He, I mean, he's a nice looking athlete as well. So. Yep, it's uh, Archibald, boy, oh boy, that <laughs> this conference's top three, four teams is just throw them all in a hat, top three for sure. Um, Archibald, Liberty Center, and, Liberty Center, and Wasion, really any, any three of those uh, could uh, win the conference. But as far as Archibald, that just all comes down to, hey, what can we do without DJ Newman? And they, like I said, they have everybody back, got but DJ for the most part on offense. Um Carson Dominique, expect a big season for him again. Yeah, Archwell is one of those teams that always seems to find a replacement. You know, you, you lose one all-star player off your team, quarterback, running back, whatever, and it just seems like they always find somebody to fill that gap that is the next rising star. And it's like, where do these guys come from? <laughs> But Archibald is always a good, solid team to contend with. And it seems like Archibald's just solid, <laughs> fundamental at yep. every single sport they play for the last 30 years. They have a great uh, coaching staff over there. Um, but 12-1, uh, and one, really a heartbreaking loss in the playoffs to Liberty Center, really. I mean, you, you beat them in the regular season 41-7, to um, came back actually to tie that game, I think, at 35 late in the fourth quarter. And to lose a heartbreaking game to Liberty Center, maybe have a little chip on their shoulder uh, this season. Tony, you have any comments? Yeah, look, you guys touched on it. Just Archibald's always good. And I remember when, you know, back in the late 80s when I was still in school, it was Archibald was, we, was our first opponent. Um, we always got beat. 
I mean, it was just like, yeah, you're going to go out and get your butts kicked again. Um, it was just kind of the thing. And um, that, that changed actually my senior year. We, we played a different schedule um, and got rid of Archibald. So it was kind of like, hey, we got a chance now. Um, but, yeah, it just like Keith said, they've been good year after year after year. And, you know, you kind of wonder what, what are they doing over there that's different than everybody else. But, you know, you're going to be returning, like you said, seven starters on offense, nine on defense. You know, it, but it's going to come down to that quarterback position. And when you lose when you lose a player, an athlete like DJ Newman, somebody's got to pick up that leadership role. And and being a three year starter like he was, that comes with a lot of leadership. And when he has that kind of leadership and he walks out there, and like Keith said, he may not have been the biggest guy, you know, looked like the biggest athlete kind of thing, but he obviously carried a presence about him. And and somebody like that reminds me of somebody like Tom Brady. He's not the you know, he doesn't Tom Brady to me doesn't look like the best quarterback in the league. He doesn't right, look right. the most athletic guy. But the guy knows how to win ball games, and you know, and that's kind of comes down to like what you know, DJ Newman. He's, he's you lose that guy, somebody's going to have to come in and and kind of pick up that persona and yeah. and, and want to win. I think I think truly I think uh, Devin Morse is going to be that guy. Um, he's a guy that last year sack leader around the area, eight sacks, sixty two tackles. Um, I think he's due for big things this year, but I, I think he's a guy that's got enough varsity experience, and I think he kind of steps into that leadership role. So uh, I'm excited to see what the Blue Streaks bring this year. I mean, it's yeah. it, the NWA is competitive as it, as it ever has been. Absolutely. Year, and so. uh, as Tony touched on, actually, Archibald is back on the Tenora schedule next yes, year. Yes. So we'll uh, get back to playing the Blue Streaks starting 2023. Who are we giving up? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I can find out. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Liberty Center next. Uh, Eleven and three last year overall, seven and one in the conference. Uh, they got their payback on Archibald last year in the playoffs. Uh, head coach Casey Moeller uh, lose a lot of talent though. Uh, Owen Johnson, he was the defensive player of the year, first team uh, conference, uh, all Ohio, I believe too, or it was an Ohio all Ohio player. Uh, Owen Long, Wes Weimer, uh, Cameron Foster, Evan Conrad, T.J. Moore. Uh, T.J. Moore's going on to play at uh, Adrian College, and Evan Conrad's going to play basketball at uh, Defiance College, and uh, Kyle Huffman, all NWAL, uh, all-conference players. Uh, Looking, uh, they bring back six starters in offense, five starters in defense, and I think that's headlined by uh, none other than Owen Box. Uh, Man, he's he's a workhorse, and he's a big body. Uh, First team, NWAL, offensive line, defensive line. Uh, Second team, All-Ohio, offensive line. I think he's due for big things this year. They bring back Matthew Orr, uh, very good running back, back as well, second-team NWAL. Uh, Zane Zider, their quarterback, conference player. I mean, that's huge. Every time you can bring back quality offensive line, quality uh, running back, quality quarterback, I mean, you're due for big things. Landon Bockelman, Tanner Klein, and Riley Chapa round out the uh, all-conference players. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts on at Liberty Center this year? I was looking at uh, Owen Box and seeing some of his stats, stuff like that from last year, and – uh, he's going to be one that's going to tear up, especially on the defensive side of things. He's going to be the one that's going to be tearing up that offensive line. They're going to have to, you know, double team, block him, things like that, and it's going to pull a lot of attention away from some of the other players. I don't know that I would have to bet Owen Box won't be putting up huge stats this year, but I bet he's the one, he's going to be the unsung hero of that defense because they're going to be keying on blocking him and keeping him out. Other people are going to be able to start coming in. Oh, definitely. It's going to be cool to watch. Keith, you got any comments? Oh, boy, just having flashbacks to last year's opening game. <laughs> oh, just yeah. That's what I was about to boy, talk about. Boy, oh, boy. I wasn't able to make it to that one. I was still in Iowa for that. I mean, so what, what, a, what a game. That it was, was just a battle to the end. And then, 
you know, you do everything you can to put the pressure on a young kid to kick a ball and and backed him up and penalty and backed him up again. I think there was two penalties there, if I remember right. Back backed him up. Back. <laughs> back to back 10-yard penalties. And now you're thinking, oh, they're done. I mean, the, the one, maybe, now the second one, you forget it. And he yeah. kicked that sucker right through yeah, there. Like Wes Weimer, <laughs> boy, oh, boy. And, and we'll get to this here a little bit later. But Weimer actually was not the – the uh, starter as a kicker, he just was there because of injury and, you know, step up like he did in that home opener for the Rams last year's season opener, I guess, for both teams. Uh, Weimer just drilled that, I think it was 37-yarder right through the uprights for that uh, 23-21 win over the Rams. But uh, one of the more exciting teams uh, in the NWAL um, got Zyder back, as Logan said. Matthew Orr is going to pick up all those carries that T.J. Moore had last year. Yeah. I mean, T.J. Moore also <laughs> actually 1,100 yards and 13 scores. Matthew Orr, uh, 1,059, 19 touchdowns. So look for a big season uh, by Matthew Orr. And as we saw in the final couple drives last year at Sonora, Riley Chapa, boy, oh, boy, this kid is athletic as heck. He just went over a couple Rams defenders last year just – basically t- pulled the ball off their helmet. Yeah. So he's back at the wideout position. He lost Evan Conrad. Uh, big yeah, big presence there. So, I mean, big targets, kind of hard to miss him. But yeah. uh, I think Chapa's going to have to step up this year, too, in the in the receiving side because, like like you said, Evan Conrad, he, I mean, he led the team in with 28 passes. So, I mean, someone's got to take up for that production, too. And bringing back a veteran quarterback like Zane Zider, I think uh, that connection, that's got to that, – that's got to be there to help open up that run game, too. Yeah, I think Zyder might be one of the quarterbacks to watch um, in the NWAL. You know, with DJ Newman, you know, everybody was talking about him. And you know, Zyder might be the guy to kind of watch between him and uh, was it McLeod from Wauseon. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zyder was honorable mention last year. Just had under 1,000 yards through the air, but uh, probably double threat this year with, uh, like we said, T.J. Moore graduated him and Orr on the ground. Um, but <laughs> – Shout out to again, thinking back to the playoff game Archibald last year, Carly Roth just stepping up and nailing that game winner to beat Archibald 38 35. I mean, I can't imagine what was going through that young lady's head um, at that playoff game at Defiance, but uh, shout out to her. She graduated as well as Weimer uh, for the uh, special teams unit, but um, two, two outstanding kickers that Liberty Center will have to replace. Yeah, two probably the biggest, you know, not the biggest wins, you know what I mean? But, you know, Liberty Center being able to to knock off Tenor at the beginning of the season like that and a big kick like that and then come out and win the playoff game doing the same thing, kicking a few. With two different kickers. Yeah, two different kickers. Yes, yes. All right, let's go ahead. Uh, We'll move on to Wauseon. We'll keep things rolling here. Uh, Eight and four last year, five and two in the conference. Uh, Head coach Sean Moore. Uh, guys, I think uh, Wasian does big things this year. Uh, they lose some key players. Jonas Tester, he was a he was a great athlete. First team, uh, NWL. Uh, he was all, wide receiver, defensive back, and specialist. So he was a three time uh, first team All Conference NWL. Uh, Matt Shaw, that's a big loss in the defensive line. He was a first team NWL player. Uh, Bryson Stump, pretty good running back. Uh, Chase Santiago, Tucker Delaney, and Taryn Garcia. Uh, this year, though, they return uh, six starters on offense, six on defense. A uh, couple key guys, Jude Armstrong, Elijah McLeod, uh, Sam Smith, and uh, I think those three right there, and, and throw in Tyson Rodriguez. We saw him do some big things last year, too. I think he steps up, but um, they bring back a couple other guys. Um, who else they bring? 
Logan Carroll, I think he does some big things at linebacker. I think he's they're going to move him and play a little bit more running back this year. But Chance Snow, Justin Duncan, a couple good-looking linemen as well. I think Wasian, uh, I think they're very competitive for an NWOAL championship this year. Yeah, uh, absolutely, Logan. Uh, look at their record last year, 8-4. and four, And to me, they're one of the surprise teams in the uh, the conference, which you could uh, actually win it with any luck whatsoever. You got the, you know, just a heck of an athletic quarterback coming back uh, with McLeod. We saw him. Actually, the Rams defense did a really good job against him last year. They did. Um, but just seeing his highlights through uh, last year, he's uh, definitely one of the stars this season in in the league for uh, Wasian. And I, I find it hard to believe there's a better wide receiver core in this area. Uh, Jude Armstrong, Sam Smith. Um, with McLeod, you lost Jonas Tester. That's a huge loss. He was 70 catches, close to 1,000 yards. Um, but those two guys on the uh, out wide, plus they're both going to be back as kick returners. Uh, so you lost Tester as a wide receiver and a, a uh, returner, who I think Tester returned that kickoff against us last year yeah. at, uh, at the end. But yeah. uh, you got Sam Smith and Jude Armstrong returning kickoffs and punts just another element to uh the wasian uh offense i mean you look at wasian's win-loss record last year they were eight and four the losses were to sonora liberty center archbold and then they lost in the playoff game to van Wert. i mean so yeah they, they, they lost some games but they lost them to powerhouse teams and you know they didn't get i mean the archbold game was kind of a blowout but liberty center was 38 34 in overtime tenora was 23 13 so you know they were right there and um, you know, so when you look at that, you think about the whole, well, they, they lost four games, but look at who they lost to. I mean, they lost to four teams that were, you know, top notch. Yeah, and they, I mean, they, that's a good schedule right there. Yeah. I mean, that, that's some good point. And Van Wert was a reigning, uh, state champion as well. So, yeah, I mean, right. last, yeah. last year. So, um, two is, yeah, Sam Smith, uh, wide receiver for Wasian. I mean, he's committed to the university of Toledo. So he's a very tall wide receiver, pretty athletic. I think he has a breakout season this year, honestly. Um, again, we saw a little bit of what he could do last year. His stats were pretty good as well. Um, I'm also, I think the real thing for Wasion I'm excited to see is Elijah McLeod, uh, really developed sophomore last year, uh, nice pocket passer. Um, so I, I think he develops last year's his first year at quarterback, but, uh, you could tell though, he was, he was young, made a few rookie mistakes. Right. Um, I think this year, uh, he comes into his own and really takes Wasion to the next level. Yeah, they averaged close to 20. I'm sorry, Tony. They averaged 27 points on offense, 300 yards per game. Defensively gave up 17, just a little bit over. But uh, to have those three, four just electric athletes on offense, um, lost Bryson Stump, uh, second team all-conference, uh, 464 yards. Um, but you have, you know, McLeod, Armstrong, Smith back, um, Really, Jonas Tester is probably your only spark that you lost on offense. Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, McLeod is just like kind of like a Carson Aldemus. We, we watched them both a little bit last year, and I think they both have really powerful arms, and sometimes it get up, got away from them a little bit as, you know, being a little bit young, and they see that open receiver and get a little bit, you know, get a little Excited. amped up and yeah. boop, let that sail a little bit. So I think you're right, Logan, and he, I think he might have a little bit more of a breakout season this year, and, and, you know, he's got some great targets out there to throw to, so I think that'll make everything a lot easier for him. That's kind of what I was thinking. You're probably going to see a lot of uh, McLeod and Smith transactions going on out there. <laughs> You having a top-notch receiver with a quarterback like that, you're gonna you're gonna have to fight to keep them at bay. And I, and 
I think that's crazy too, talking about Sam Smith and Jude Armstrong. Looking at the stat line, it's crazy to see Sam Smith only had 36 receptions for 727 receiving yards, averaging a little over 20 yards a reception and eight receiving touchdowns. But then you have Jude Armstrong, 76 receptions. I mean, he was one of the top in the area for receptions. So, I mean, you got you got the deep ball threat, and then you also got the guy that you can throw the quick uh, quick pass <laughs> yeah. to. So. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to Patrick Henry. Six and five last year, four and three in the conference. Uh, head coach Bill Inselman, he's been a staple for Patrick Henry for years. Um, last year, I think, was really the year he started uh, adjusting offense a little bit, I think, because uh, not as big of a lineman as he's used to having, and Patrick Henry has been historically known for. Uh, lose a couple key players. Will Seedorf was a very – he's a pretty nice player at defensive line, first-team conference player. Uh, Timmy Johnson – was a good defensive back. They lose lose Emilio Raimundo and Noah Kistner, uh, but they return 13 starters, uh, headlined by quarterback Nash Meyer and receiver Landon Johnson. Uh, Landon Johnson was a first-team uh, conference wide receiver as a sophomore, and to be that in the NWL, I mean, that's I think that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. So um, they bring about, back a uh, couple good linemen too, Landon Wesnick and uh, Drew Rosengarten. Uh, but also they, they've got the good receivers. They've got Aiden Behrman as well. And uh, I, I think they're going to – I think Patrick Henry – I mean, honestly, I think they have a shot too at the title just as much as Wauseon Liberty Center and Archbold. So uh, thoughts on Patrick Henry. Well, you've also got uh, Aaron George leaving Tenora, heading over there as a defense coordinator, which is going to be interesting because um, Tenora's defense last year was stellar. It was top-notch last year. Uh, so if Aaron George can take a little bit of that with him to uh, – to, to uh, Patrick Henry, they're they're going to be hard to score against. And you look at and you know you mentioned Enselman. You know you get the stat here. He's nine wins away from his two hundred fifty in thirty years at PPH. Probably one of the oldest coach, coaches in the area other than Kraus. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, you you know you mentioned here lack of depth again. There's only twenty eight players in the upper three grades. And once again, you know I'm not sure what's happening to high school football. Right. <laughs> but you know just depends on what what you see there as, as far as. You know, because in high school, the freshmen, I, I'd like to say freshmen don't matter, but, you know, because they're just not developed. But there are a lot of freshmen that come out and play. Um, but, you know, when you, you look at the 28 players, you might have to rely on some freshmen to step up with those kind of numbers. So it'll be kind of neat to see what they have coming in. I think the crazy thing I was just kind of looking too. There, Patrick Henry is the only D seven team in NWAL, which wow. I think I think that's kind of crazy too. So yeah, that's one thing I highlighted as well, Logan. I mean, Coach I thirtieth season Division seven. Patrick Henry, Tony touched on the numbers thing. I mean, Patrick Henry's just, you know, you think Patrick Henry football, you think Coach I. Uh, uh, you wouldn't really think the numbers would be a problem, but I mean, just 2022 kids, uh, they're going to do their thing and. Um, boy, just want to see Patrick Henry get back, you know, <laughs> to like a dominant team in the area like they were, where it seemed like decade after decade. But uh, averaged 21 points a game, gave up 15 on defense. You got Nash Meyer back, um, 2,300 yards through the air, 16 scores, close to 500 yards on the ground. So another dual threat, uh, Landon Johnson returned, 65 catches, uh, close to 900 yards. Um, Aiden Behrman back, 500 plus yards. So uh, we'll see what Patrick Henry brings on the offensive front. Uh, and as AJ said, you got Coach George over there. So good luck to uh, Coach George and uh, everything he can bring. Coach George, I guess, back home at Patrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, that's another name over in Patrick Henry, all the Georges. So. Yep, absolutely. Yep, he's back home. So. <laughs> 
Uh, let's go ahead. We'll move on to the next team in the NWAL. Uh, looking at Brian, five and five last year, three and four in the conference. Uh, Grant Redhead, head coach. A uh, couple key losses, a uh, really big key loss is Corbin Shepard. Uh, man, talk about a workhorse. I mean, he was the soul of their offense. I mean, he every single time it seemed like they gave the ball to him. So uh, they lose out on him, first team uh, NWAL running back. Uh, lose Nick Harold, first team defensive lineman, another quality player. Uh, Connor Brown, Trent Wolf, and uh, Mikey Wolf as well. So, uh, but, uh, but on the bright side, they're returning six starters on offense, six on defense. Uh, highlighted by Aiden Pels, uh, Zane Bell, and Parker Vollmer. Which I think those two uh, probably top in the NWAL for linemen. Uh, I was able to watch a little bit of film on them and see them play. And uh, Zane Bell, he's a big boy, six seven, I think two eighty. Wow. So, uh, but the thing is, too, Parker Vollmer, I mean, he packs a punch. I think he's only about 5'10 or so, but he's a quality player. <laughs> kind of both ends of the spectrum there. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, but you got Sam Harold coming back, good wide receiver, Tyler Speziak, uh, offensive lineman, uh, and Maddox uh, Langendorfer, if I can say that right. Some of these names we kind of talk about, too. Yes, they're kind of hard to say, especially if we're not we're saying them all the time. So um, I, I think, uh, I think. Brian's got to find their next running back, and I think a quarterback's got to step up this year. I mean, I don't think there's much else to it. I mean, Corbin Shepard was Brian's offense last year. Absolutely. Uh, Logan, Coach Redhead, eight season back. He averaged 27 points a game last year on offense. Uh, gave it 25 on defense. And as the as you pointed out, first team uh, all-conference running back. Uh, actually rushed for more yards than they passed, which you would do. Uh, if you have a talent like Corbin Shepard, uh, 17, 40 yards on the ground, uh, 15, 22 through the air, uh, returned five starters on the offensive line. Um, dual threat quarterback, it looks like. You got, basically had uh, Coach Red had, had two quarterbacks, uh, Kepler and Dominique, uh, both saw playing time. Uh, Kepler, 900 yards through the air, eight scores, had 150 yards on the ground. Uh, Dylan Dominic, uh, 623 through the air. Uh, Three touchdowns, uh, returning uh, Sam Harold taking the place. I guess you're not going to take the place of Shepard, but he will be in as uh, a replacement for uh, Shepard. So Sam Harold, three, 337 yards. So uh, tough shoes to fill with the loss of uh, Corbin Shepard. Uh, definitely a run-heavy offense for Brian and Coach Redhead. Well, you know, and sometimes that – when you rely on that one person all the time and then that person graduates and you haven't, you know, kind of groomed your next person, you right. know, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of interesting to see what happens. I mean, you really have to have somebody that's coming in to step up, see what they do. Cause you know, you haven't really groomed anybody if you're feeding this guy the ball every time. Yeah. But I do have offensive line strength back. So, I mean, got your quarterbacks back, uh, offensive line. So Brian could surprise a few people, uh, five and five last year. So, should equal that, if not surpass, maybe six and four for Brian next season or this upcoming season. You know, but again, you're looking at five and five, and they're in that NWAL with Archbold, Liberty Center, Wausau. I mean, that's, uh, those are three three teams that you're going to have to beat, you know, in your conference, and that just makes it. And that that's the thing, too. I mean, the NWAL is just such a tough conference. Right. And, I mean, this year I feel like they're, they're loaded more than they ever have been. I mean, like I said, you lose a couple key athletes in the NWAL, but, I mean, it's just like they keep reloading every single year, these top teams. So Right. You know, and, and there was some talk in the past. Um, 
you know, that Tenora was looking to get out of the GMC back in Tenora's powerhouse days. They wanted to get out of the GMC, and that was one of the things they were looking at, maybe moving over to the NWAL. And, and um, you know, I honestly, I think our school board got involved and said, no, we don't want to be a part of that because, you know, you'll never win a conference. Yeah. And, you know, if you do, it's going to be once in a while. It's not, you know, you can't dominate like you do sometimes in the GMC. But, um, yeah, so that, I mean, uh, the NWAL just is a tough conference. Yeah, you look at Brian's. Uh, how what they scored last year the the wins they had against Maumee, Fairview, uh, Delta was a close one. But then you have Evergreen and Swanton. Uh, they're putting up forty points a game in those wins. The ones that they're losing are the ones to Van Wert, uh, Archbold. You know those those wins. Patrick Henry and Liberty Center. And their their losses are the ones that are to the big teams, the powerhouse teams that we're used to seeing win all the time. Anyway, so seeing a five and five record in the the season they played last year is actually kind of impressive. I agree. No, I, I agree, agree too. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a very good point. I think a lot of it. I mean, you look at some of the schedules these teams are playing. I mean, they're they're tough schedules. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you like you said, Van Wert was a defending state champion, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I mean, that was your first game you got to play coming out the gate, and you, and you put up twenty eight points against them. So I mean, you never know. I mean, see what Brian can do. All right, let's move on to the next team, Evergreen, uh, three and seven uh, overall, one and six in the conference. New head coach, uh, Evan Karchner. Uh, I got a chance to talk to him in one of my interviews. Uh, great guy, great coach. Uh, I think he's destined to do big things at Evergreen. Uh, again, just seeing his background, I mean, he's had a lot of coaching experience. Uh, he's previously coached at Eastwood High School in 2021. Uh, again, East or Eastwood's another good high school. Um, just looking at some of the experience that he brings, especially from college, you look at he was coach at BG, Wake Forest, Youngstown State, MacArthur High School in Texas, which high school football in Texas is a whole other ball game. I mean, that, that's <laughs> basically college yeah, football. college for football yeah. some, for some people. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think this year, um, I mean, they lose out on a couple guys, uh, Landon Vance, uh, Peyton Boucher, Cody Scheller, uh, all conference players. But this year they bring 19 letter winners back, uh, headlined by Diesel Stoikoff, uh, Quality defensive lineman, second team conference, Connor Hewson, Riley Dunbar, uh, Robert Pennington, Sam Warline, and Hunter Vakalik, and Grant Richardson. So uh, I think uh, I think Coach Karchner, I think he's got a couple good guys on his staff. I think uh, I think Evergreen surprises some teams this year. Uh, boy, Logan, I you said it right there. Uh, Coach Karchner, I listened actually listened to that interview twice. It's just like one of those guys that brings instant energy, and yes. you, you just want to suit. I wanted to go grab a helmet and pads and, <laughs> and go do I'm serious, seriously, that was a fantastic interview. Coach Karchner just uh, hopefully can bring uh, Evergreen back. Three and seven last year, averaged just a shade under 10 points a contest, gave up 31, uh, lost their quarterback, um, but – uh, if anybody's going to bring a program back, just listening to Coach Karchner, um, all the facility upgrades they have over there, just just listen to the just the the sparkle in his voice talking about the facilities and the kids and everything he wants to do uh, to build Evergreen back up. So uh, best of luck to him because he literally had me wanting to go. Like I said, I wanted to go play. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know they, there was some talk about you know the the facility upgrades and stuff like that they were doing at Evergreen and to, to bring in a coach like him was one of the things that they were trying to do. And and I know. Um, that and working with the athletic director, I guess, you know, I, I don't know the athletic director over there, but I, I heard he's a fantastic, fantastic person. And, you know, that was one of the things that, that from my understanding, brought a coach like this to Evergreen. Yeah. And, you know, you can bring in that kind of experience and, um, you know, to a, to a place like Evergreen that, you know, they, they always have good kids and a lot of players, it seems like. And, 
you know, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. But hey, Keith, this one's for you. I, I saw this uh, young man's name on there. And I'm like, oh, go diesel, vroom, vroom. <laughs> <laughs> like old John Riggins. John Riggins. Oh my gosh, I saw his name and I thought, well, I got to do that for Keith when we get oh, there. Oh boy, oh boy, that's great. <laughs> old Washington Redskin player. Yep, yep. AJ, uh, any comments? Uh, no, I just looking at the the record from last year and seeing some of the the low offensive production. That's that's got to be frustrating for any team. So to see uh, Karchner coming in here, Coach Karchner coming in, and really he wants to pick up the tempo. Get you know when you start picking up the tempo on offense, if you're conditioned well enough for that. You can run the defense ragged very quickly. Uh, you see it in some of the, especially in the college games, where you, mm -hmm. if you start doing uh, quick snap stuff, where you're running the ball, you you throw short passes and keep moving. Uh, the uh, the defense just loses track of what's even happening, and you can start putting some points up on the board if you if you do it well enough and you're conditioned for it. Uh, having all the the weight room and uh, facility upgrades and the the energy that Coach Karchner brings is is going to I think help build that endurance. And it's going to make for an interesting season for, for Evergreen. I think, uh, just touching on what AJ said, like if you win, you're going to get more kids attracted to your – kind of like what Antwerp and Coach Hale has done, uh, going back to them. you They missed – like I said, they missed a season of football, and you have all your star athletes not just sticking to basketball or baseball. They all want to be involved. Um, so uh, hopefully – New coach, new facilities, get the kids out. Coach Kartner, Karchner has a couple winning seasons and get the, their numbers. And bad thing for them are, is they're playing in a really tough conference. <laughs> so um, just build up a program, start from the ground up. And uh, Coach Karchner definitely uh, already has his claws in that. So yeah, best, your, best of luck to him. Surround yourself with good people. That You know, get a good staff, sports staff around you, and you'll be fine. Exactly. Uh, moving on to Delta, three and seven last year, one and six in the conference. Uh, head coach Nate Ruppel, uh, similar offense to Tenora, run the wing tee. Defense, five two. I mean, that's similar to Tenora as well, which we're used to. A uh, couple key losses. They lose uh, first team all conference uh, linebacker and running back in Josh Tresnan Rygard. Uh, he's a quality athlete at uh, Delta. They lose Austin Kohlhofer, which I believe he, he was a first team. Uh, NWL defensive lineman, but I believe he is also an all-state wrestler, too. So lose out on him. Uh, Zane Schindorf, another uh, first-team all-conference player. Uh, DJ Davis, Sean Cook, Evan Perry, and uh, Calvin Tenney. Uh, looking at key returners, they, uh, they bring back Jeremiah Wolford. He's another good running back. Uh, James Ruppel, Briar Knapp, Maverick Mercer, Holden Barnes, Ethan Funk, and uh, Phil Smithers. So, uh, again, I think it, it comes down to, uh, I mean, Delta's got a tough luck, tough draw with being in the NWAL, another another school that, uh, that that plays some tough competition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Logan hit it right on the head. Trying to you know build your program back up. Um, almost when Tenora and Delta would play, I think it was what the second game, maybe the third game in non conference. It yeah. was like a mirror image of each other. They ran the same offense, wing T. They ran the same defense. So uh, um, Coach Ruppel back. Or not back. Uh, been around the program, I think, for what 17, 18, 19 years. Yeah, I've done nineteen um, years. So I mean, he's been around for yeah, quite it's a while. Second stint as a coach. Um, averaged forty eight points in their wins. Unfortunately, averaged under ten in their losses. Overall, uh, twenty three points on offense. Defensively, gave up eighteen points a game. Um, as Logan pointed out, uh, J 
Josh Tristan Reiner, it seemed like he was there forever. I think he started as a freshman and just played and played and played and played. It's yeah. one of those guys that, my gosh, how long has he been there? Six years? It just seems <laughs> like like Parker Thiel uh, over at Hicksville, one of those kids you see the name year after year after year in every sport. But uh, big loss for them. Do have their quarterback back, uh, James Rupel, uh, 500 yards through the air, close to 200 on the ground. Um, started last year 3-1. and one. And bad thing is, like you said, the conference schedule kicked in. and um, But, we, yeah, Delta, like when Logan, Tony, and A.J. played, Delta was one of the tougher games on the schedule. Oh, yeah. right, like, they were. you know, you went over there to Delta, just, hey, the flip of a coin as a 50-50 game for the Rams. So, uh, hopefully Coach uh, Rupel can get uh, program built back up over there at Delta. And yeah, the, you, you mentioned it, Keith. I mean, you run the, you're in the NWAL and you run that schedule, and you, know, you you look at your schedule and you're finishing out your last five games. Your Archbold, Wasion, Patrick Henry, the center, you know, then Archbold in the playoff game. You're like, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just go in there and do your best and see what happens. I guess the, the nice thing is though with uh, Delta is the difference between Delta and Brian is Delta really did a good job holding some of the other uh, other conference teams to low low scores, uh, fourteen points. 12, you know, they, they were holding their own. They just couldn't quite get the offensive production to, to get out some of those wins. Um, whereas Brian, you know, some of their losses were devastating losses. Uh, so it's and that, that's probably why they made the playoffs. You know, looking back, I'm sure that's why they got that berth in the 16 seed there. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how some of these returners, you know, use that as fuel. And I'm just kind of looking too. I mean, it's a nice thing that Delta brings back to uh, experienced and uh, veteran running backs and Jeremiah Wolford. He's a big back, six foot. Uh, I believe he's got some weight to him too. Uh, I mean, I've seen some of his highlights. He'll, I mean, he'll absolutely run his opponents over. Um, Ryer Knapp's another one who uh, has some experience as well. So I think I think Delta, um, I don't know if that, how much they improve this year. I mean, I think they have a decent season. But, uh, again, it comes down to, I mean, the top of the NWL is just so tough to beat. And uh, – I mean, you get teams like Delta or Bryan. I mean, they're not bad teams. It's just that they play such tough games in the conference, and it's like you got to get through those in, and in order to be to the top. So, uh, I don't know. Curious to see what Delta does this year. Uh, let's move to the last team in the NWAL, Swanton. Uh, 0-10 last year, 0-7 conference. Another new head coach, Eric <laughs> Keller. Uh, he's bringing the double wing and uh, 50 multiple defense to the team. Uh, lose a couple key conference players, Bryce Marvin, Aaron Thomas, and Austin Gossett. Uh, they return seven starters on offense and uh, eight starters on defense, which uh, I'm pretty optimistic about that. I mean, that's good that they're bringing some, uh, some guys back. Uh, Cole Mitchie is a first-team specialist, NWAL. Caden Davis, Cameron Kurtz, uh, Kamon Molina, Trenton Eitner, and uh, Ethan Hensley are all conference players that are returning for Swanton. So um, new head coach, Eric Keller, he was a 1978 grad of Swanton High School. So I, I, I think being back at his alma mater, he, he's looking to do big things. So uh, thoughts on Swanton this year? As AJ said earlier, uh, for Swanton, looks like there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, I'm just looking at it as a, like a parent, a, a player. You average four points a game. On offense, you give up 44 on defense. It's almost like you're defeated before you even get to the field on Friday. Uh, you were shut out five times. High point game was 13. So hopefully Coach Keller can uh, bring some excitement to uh, the Swanton program. And, you know, a school like Swanton, again, 
the area, you, you, you would think you wouldn't have a problem with kids going out for football. Again, it's just a, hey, where's our program been in the last couple of years? The excitement, probably really not much there. A lot of kids, why am I want to spend my Friday night, you know, getting pounded 52 to nothing? Yeah. Um, you know, you got to go through the week of practice, and then you just, you just get beat down, you know, basically before you even show up to the, the, the field on Friday. So hopefully uh, Coach Keller can uh, get the Bulldogs back. Um, at least to uh, respectability. Yeah. I, the one stat that I look at, it just blows my mind. And I look at their schedule from last year. You know, they gave up 447 points, um, you know, against them. Uh, that's – I'm looking at some points. Yeah, I'm looking at the, some that's of the scores. Like Keith said, 55-7, to 41-7, 41-7, 54 nothing, 57-0. You know, and – you're right, Keith. It would be hard to come in, go out, put a hard week of practice in, and then come out Friday night and just get spanked like that week after week after week. It would be, it would be kind of defeating. And you know, to see kids keep coming back, I guess that's a great thing. Um, you know, it means they got some heart, they got some love for the game. So, you know, bringing in a new coach, maybe turn some things around and and um, you know see what Swanton can do. I didn't even think look too looking at offense. Just seven touchdowns last season. Yeah. I mean, obviously we covered Tenora. We've seen him put seven touchdowns up in one game. Yeah, so one half. Yeah, one half, <laughs> which is crazy to think. But uh, I think uh, new head coach Eric Keller. I think I think he'll do some good things there. Um, I again, he's uh, he's a Swanton grad, uh, trying to get back to his former high school. I mean, he's had some success as head coach too. He was at Northview for 15 years, and uh, even had a season as head coach at Evergreen. But uh, like AJ said it again. I mean, you can only go up from there. I mean. Yeah. Any comments, AJ? Uh, I was about to say, uh, seeing Keller coming back to Swan, you, you always have pride when you go back to your own, you know, your alma mater. Uh, you know, that's one thing that I've been told over and over again is, you know, when you go back to your hometown, you have an extra level of pressure on your shoulders to, to excel. Uh, so he's going to be looking to, to not only improve, but to exceed his expectations. So we'll see where he gets this year. All righty. Well, we knocked out the GMC NWL. I think we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> I think it's safe to say we uh, we earned one. So take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and then we'll uh, hit it back up to hear the rest of the previews. Three Chord is a family-owned and operated business who offers the highest quality embroidery, screen printing, sign and promotional items to customers in Northwest Ohio at competitive prices. Locations in Archibald, Napoleon, and Bowling Green. Check them out at threecord.com. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-O-R-D.com. Back on the NW Sports Podcast, uh, Logan Bailey here with Tony Fairchild, AJ Fairchild, and uh, Keith Brown. So uh, we're going to continue with some of the previews here. Uh, moving on to the TAC, the Toledo Area Athletic Conference. Looking at Eden first, 11-2 and last year and uh, 3-0 and in the conference. Uh, talk about a program changing season. I mean, Bob Olwen, since he's done there, I mean, been there. They've done big things. Uh, he's the TAC Coach of the Year. Uh, again, he's known for that spread offense. I mean, when he was at Fairview, <laughs> he lives and dies by the spread. And <laughs> I listened to him talk on uh, Lynn Grohl's uh, Black Swamp podcast for the preview. And it was funny because they were asking him, if you had a choice to pick uh, a different offense other than the spread, what would you do? And it, it was like he, he couldn't even fathom that you'd ask that question. So <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of funny. But, uh, I mean, he runs the spread and he runs it well. Um, no running back reuse, really. I mean, it's all passing. So, and we saw that last year with Drew Gallahue, and uh, I think that's going to be a big question for Eden this year. I mean, they lose three first-team All-Ohio players uh, in Division Seven. They lose Drew Gallahue, and, and talk about another great 
quarterback. Uh, we talked about DJ Newman, but I think Drew Gallagher deserves a lot of credit too. Uh, first team All Ohio. He was uh, I believe uh, I think he was Player of the Year in D seven. He's going on to play at Ohio Dominican. Um, Cassius Halbert, very good offensive and defensive lineman. He was first team All State. Uh, he went on to play at Tiffin University. Um, also, Gannon Ripke, uh, again, he was first team All-TAC uh, and All-State as well. He was a defensive player of the year in the conference. Uh, you lose Henley Dye, quali- another quality player, Hayden Dye, and uh, Ethan Steinke and Jaden Craven uh, rounding out uh, all conference players they lose. But uh, looking on returning starters, Caden Nestor, uh, he had a nice season last year, looking at 54 receptions, 879 yards, uh, 12 receiving touchdowns. And, that, I mean, those stat lines, that's pretty respectable. Uh, Garrett Skiles, uh, you bring him back. He's a quality linebacker. Cole Olds, Parker Kelly, uh, Kyler Sapp, who's, uh, who's got the call at quarterback this year. So we'll see what he does. Uh, and Wade Parrish. And, and the thing with Kyler Sapp is we know he's a good athlete. Uh, again, he'll be a sophomore, but uh, leading the Bombers at quarterback this season. But uh, baseball, batted 414 average, 24 runs, 20 RBIs, 15 stolen bases as a freshman. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting to see. So uh, thoughts on the Bombers this year? Uh, boy, Logan, 11-2 and two last year. Had a heck of a year. Probably one of the more exciting offenses in the state of Ohio last year. Uh, Coach Bob Olin, been a, boy, just offensive guru for decades. And uh, I don't actually think he knows what a run is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a great interview. Kind of chuckled at that as well, uh, Coach Olin did. But uh, he basically lose one of the top quarterbacks probably in the state of Ohio history, not just a single season, but historically, looking at his numbers, uh, just amazing. Over 11,000 yards, what, that seventh all-time in the state of Ohio, due for close to 5,000 yards. Last year, just, what, uh, 23 yards short of 5,000 um, 58 touchdown passes. Um, boy, just – I mean, that's, that's just tough to – that's just going to be tough to replace. Then the stats, yeah. too, the crazy thing with those stats, I mean, the numbers pop out, but those are up there with NFL guys like Joe Burrow. You had Mitch Trubisky, a couple other NFL guys that are they're playing in the league, and his stats ranked right up there. So I thought that yeah. was just crazy looking at him. And, and, they're gone, and he's gone this year. So, I mean, like, again, uh, Kyler Sapp's got to step into that, that role and uh, see what he does. But uh, – Right. Yeah, I, I saw I saw his stat numbers, and then I then I realized who I'm like, wait a minute, that's uh, that Fairview's coach. So it did surprise me a bit, you know, with the Radcliffe boy, you know, the, the, those guys. He was throwing the ball over the place, and like you said, I don't think he knows what a run is because I remember when, you know, they used to play Fairview, and and Radcliffe wouldn't run the ball. I mean, yeah. he would stand back there for minutes, it seemed like, and just run the clock off, stand there waiting for a receiver to come open. Then he would find somebody and just bing. But you know, so. Having him, you know, running that same kind of offense, it's it's going to be successful. It's just in in high school football, it's hard to defend. Um, you know, you got a quarterback that can sling it, and you got some. I always call them your jackrabbits out there running around. Eventually, they're going to get open because a lot of teams can't field five, six defensive backs to guard people that are, you know, quick. And if you get a quarterback yeah. that can throw and those guys can catch, you're going to put up some big numbers. And you know, it'll be neat to see. You know how sap comes in there and, and fills that role. That's if that's their, you know, what they're going to do this year. Um, you know, if he's a big baseball player, I'm sure he can probably throw well also. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be neat. And I think they'll probably miss, you know, too much of a, I mean, they're going to miss, they're going to miss his arm obviously, but I think you, you probably see Kyler start throwing some big numbers up as well. 
And I, I kind of had a laugh too. You said Coach Olin, if he not, doesn't know what a run is, I, I feel like his version of run is a bubble screen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought of that too. Yeah. So. AJ, any comments? Uh, no, I think you kind of touched on it. losing Drew Gallahue's. That's going to be a hard shoe to fill. Uh, Kyler Sapp, you know, we we hope he can fill those shoes, but that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. It is. So we'll we'll see how he performs. Plus, Gannon Ripke, look at his numbers: one hundred three catches. I mean, for a high school receiver, he had eight eighteen hundred nine yards receiving. Jeez, uh, twenty one <laughs> touchdowns. Um, he also was your defensive player of the year. Yeah, one hundred and fifty. That would I mean looking at that number. Which, like we see, we just see the highlights. We see, you know, the the stats and stuff online or in the paper. But when you see Gannon Ripke, his defensive numbers, 150 tackles. He was a player of the year. That's crazy. I mean, wow. to me, that was, like, more impressive than his actual receiving numbers. Just a dual threat uh, player like him is also going to be a, a huge loss for uh, Colt Olin. All right, let's move on to the next team in the tack, Hilltop. 0-9 last year, 0-5 in the conference. Head coach Nate Massey. Uh, lost a couple key players, Wyatt Belts, Ty Creamer, Andon Haynes, and uh, Hunter Loop. Uh, they're all conference players this year. Uh, possibly some hope for the, the cadets. So they return eight starters on offense, eight on defense. Uh, bring back Dalton Bauer, Tyson Pelfrey, and Brock Kelsner. Um, I think uh, Hilltop's ready to, to break their losing streak. Currently have a 20-game losing streak going into this year. So, uh I think, uh, again, another team that can only go up, like A.J. says, and uh, thoughts on the cadets this year? Oh, boy, it's similar to Swanton, but actually uh, they have a better future, but you're just looking at last year. Uh, you average 3.4 points a game. You give up 43.5. They had 58 first downs for the season. Um, offense committed 34 turnovers. Again, um, not speaking negatively for, for Hilltop or Swanton, but uh, looking at it as an athlete perspective, you're almost defeated before the uh, Friday night, 7 o'clock even, even comes about. So um, Logan said you got eight starters on offense and defense, 16 total. Some of those are obviously two-way. Uh, nowhere to go but up. And, yeah, I'd like to see Hilltop uh, at least be respectable uh, on the field for uh, Coach Massey this season. And I'm just kind of looking to um, Dalton Bauer, I think, is a nice athlete, comes back. Uh, I think he'll help out both offensively at running back. Last year, 59 carries, 138 rushing yards defensively. At linebacker, 36.5 tackles, 5.5 tackles for loss. Um, I think I think guys like that have to step up this year for Hill, uh, Hilltop. Uh, again, uh, I think Tyson Pelfrey uh, returns this year at defensive end. He led the team with 10.5 tackles for loss and 30.5 tackles. So, uh, I think guys got to step up on the team, set an example, and uh, I think they got to they got to get over the hump this year. And I think they'll I think they'll at least get one win this year. Yeah, you know that you, your stat there you talked about they have thirty four turnovers, and you know something that I've always taught um, kids when I coach control the controllables. Mm -hmm. It's a stat, it's a saying I always have, and you know and turning the ball over thirty four times that's something you can control. You should be able to control anyway. And you know you if you take away thirty four turnovers, does that turn the season around? No, but it would sure help a lot. You know what I mean? Definitely. So, um, you know, just try to control what you can control and, and, and play the game the best you can play. Nope, I totally agree. Uh, let's keep on rolling here. Montpelier, uh, next team in the tack. 
uh, one and seven last year, one and two in the conference. New head coach as well, Andy Robinson, um, Fairview guy. I think he'll do good things at Montpelier. Uh, again, I don't know if you guys heard it, or but I did an interview with the Montpelier, uh, some old guys back in the early 90s teams, and I know they're excited for Andy, and uh, I think Andy's really bought into the tradition at Montpelier that they once had. Um, looking at him, he's bringing the spread offense, 3-4 uh, defensive scheme. A uh, couple things I thought they didn't, they don't lose any all conference players um, this year they bring back twelve starters on offense ten on defense so uh, they've got some talent there they bring back Jamison Grime he was a first team tack player at offensive lineman uh, stud stud lineman they bring him back another good running back in Jacob Lamentong sorry if I butchered the name uh, he's second team tack at running back and defensive back Ash Walls Jack Morris Brennan Friend Carter Wade and Garrett Garrell uh, round out the all conference players they bring back but. Uh, I think uh, with Andy Robinson, he's a former BGSU student coach, um, so he's got some coaching uh, at the college level under his belt. Um, and, and he comes from a family of coaches. I mean, his uncle coached at Eden and Hicksville in the 80s and 90s. His dad coached under Bob Olin at Fairview and then eventually took over. And uh, um, I think he's he's destined to do big things at Montpelier. Yeah, nowhere to go but up again. Uh, coach Robinson, um, boy, offensively, under nine points a game defensively, 35 and a half a game. Um, if anybody has a chance to listen to that interview that Logan did with those Montpelier kids, uh, I guess kids back then. Now <laughs> back in the day, But, but yeah. listening to them, uh, how, well, those are four or five of them, Logan. Yeah, I think there were um, like five of them or so. Just listening to that is what high school football is all about. So if you get a chance, it's probably one of the better interviews I've heard in a long time. Just – hearing them guys talk about back then, like I said earlier, they wanted to actually play again, talking oh, yeah. about old times. So hopefully they can inject, uh, Coach Robbins can inject some of that into the program because when you have alumni like that, that are so proud of their past, was in 1993, I think that was about. Yes, yes. Um, you get some blood like that in the program, and a couple of those guys are on the staff, I believe. So they yeah, can, yep. you know, you had a couple of those guys come to practice, um, just – to talk and like i said if, if you can spare a few minutes um actually probably an hour but it's it's well worth a listen so go to logan's podcast and listen to that montpelier interview uh about those old uh 1993 that, that goes uh, for athletes you know the, the current athletes that, that's a way to motivate yourself to see what it used to be like right? and to, absolutely to see how they still have that energy about them even all these years later that those are the memories you make in high school get out there on friday night so yep. Uh, just listen to that as an athlete and fire yourself up a little bit. Yep. Yeah, it, was, any, it, was a, it was a fantastic interview. Yeah, and I, I think Todd Friend is one of the guys still on staff. But, I mean, just to hear hear those guys, how things were back, and, and, and they're so supportive of the program today, and I think that's good to have. Um, I know they, the guys talked about doing some stuff, giving back to the program and trying to get, get some excitement back. And uh, I'm excited to see what Montpelier does and, and – Definitely a good group of guys that uh, they want to see some stuff. So um, I don't know. I think I think Montpelier has a decent year this year. Yeah. So hopefully, Coach yeah. Robinson's first season back has all that Fairview background. Um, again, be- again, <laughs> you see Andy Robinson here on the paper, and you're thinking, "My gosh, didn't he just played for Fairview right. a few years ago?" <laughs> I was going to say the but same thing. Two thousand what? Two thousand fifteen graduate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he was a year ahead of me in school. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's nice to see some of these uh, ex players still young that can relate to like today's. Keep using the phrase today's youth. Um, 
the old school coaches and the young coaches have two different philosophies. Uh, so hopefully, Coach Robbins can Robinson can in, inject some of that uh, excitement and whatnot into the Montpelier football program. It'd be interesting with the spread offense, what they can do. I mean, if they've got somebody they can throw, I mean, that, that's the name of the game right there. It is, it is. I mean, your quarterback's everything, especially at the high school. I mean, right. any level, really. I mean, you get a quality quarterback, you can do big things. So, yep. uh, moving right along, going into the Northern Lakes League. Um, only one team we're looking at, Napoleon. Um, Napoleon was 4-6 and six last year. Four and three in the conference. Uh, new head coach again. I feel like I keep saying <laughs> this every other every other team we look at. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Swery, uh looking to run the flexbone T uh, defensive scheme. Pretty multiple. He runs a variety of cover three. Uh, a couple key players they lost. Michael Chips. Uh, he's a big running back for them. Uh, he's one of the top in the the area. His uh, first team all conference. Uh, lose Tanner Rubenstein, all, all Ohio player. Uh, one heck of a linebacker. Uh, they lose Josh Mack, another former All-Ohio player, uh, quality athlete, um, and Caleb Woods as well. He's second-team NLL. Um, this year they bring back nine offensive starters. Uh, they bring back Andrew Williams, uh, which I think he he does some big things this year. Uh, had some receptions and uh, played some running back for him. Uh, bring back Luke Hardy as a third-team NLL uh, offensive lineman. Caleb Stoner and Henry Eggers. Uh, I think those two guys have really big gears on the defensive line. Uh, really good-looking athletes. Um, I think they do some big things. But uh, Coach Tyler Swery, he was the former Napoleon defensive coordinator for nearly a decade. Um, he's got some experience under his belt, too. He played. He was first-team All-Ohio linebacker at Pandora Gilboa in 2009. Uh, played a little bit of college football at Ohio Wesleyan, and he was a team captain in many successful seasons there. So um, thoughts on Napoleon this year? Uh, Napoleon uh, Swery, again, a new coach, but familiar with the program, taking over for Coach Strzok. Uh Coach Strzok walked away. Uh, coach Swery stepping in his shoes. Um 17 points on offense last year, gave up just 14 and a half on defense, returning, what, nine, eight, nine starters, got your quarterback back, Blake Wolf. Uh, I just touched on Andrew Williams, uh, second team all-conference, but you lose two really good running running backs and uh, Michael Chips, Tanner Rubenstein, uh, two receivers, Josh Mack, Caleb Woods. Um, we'll see what uh, Coach Swery can uh, inject into the Wildcat football program. I think a crazy stat, too, I kind of touched on Andrew Williams earlier. Uh, he actually led the area in receptions last year or for yards of reception last year with 23.24, which <laughs> I think wow. that's, that's crazy. But he's back this year, so he's uh, definitely a deep ball threat. Um, again, they bring back him and quarterback Blake Wolf. So, I mean, that's good to have a couple veteran guys like that on your offense. Um, and another thing, experienced offensive line, four or five starters back from last year and led by Luke Hardy up front. So uh, I think I think Napoleon has a pretty good year. Uh, I don't know, maybe even see an improvement. Like I said, too, Caleb Stoner and Henry Eggers. Uh, I think they're going to lead the defense and both quality players. So uh, uh, Napoleon just plays a, a tough schedule, you know, being that NOL and playing against you know all those big schools around the Toledo area, Savannah Northview and Perrysburg, and you know, um, just just a tough schedule all around, to be honest. And you know, you look at their offs, you know, their others. You know, they're off games. Your Liberty Center and Wasion, like, well, yeah. Um, you know, and obviously then they play Defiance also, but um, but they play a lot of big schools, and you know, that's unfortunate for them. I'd, I'd like to, I mean, honestly, I'd like to see Napoleon get out of that league. I, yeah. I'm not real sure where you but, go, but 
Which I, I can I, I don't know why they're kind of not in the Western Buckeye League, like with with defiance almost. I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, defiance and Napoleon have always played each other, but I always kind of felt like that was kind of odd. Napoleon played up with a lot of those Toledo schools, and they, I'm surprised they don't play. I guess they are kind of more East in the Western Buckeye League. Yeah. Obviously well, more just, West, but they just moved to the NLL not too long ago. Yeah, Aren't they expanding next year? Uh, the year after, I think they're adding like four of the Toledo area schools. I think so. there's something about some realignment, right, or right, there's some right. some conference changes in the NLL. Yeah. I think some other conferences too. They're talking about yeah. so. Yeah, with Napoleon, I mean, their Super Bowls obviously on uh, the opening night against yeah, Defiance. <laughs> so that's at Napoleon this year over at Breckemeyer Stadium. So uh, see what Napoleon has to offer, Coach Strock. Uh, Going to be behind the mic this year with <laughs> Black Swamp Football Podcast. Well, another outlet uh, for high school football. So, uh, Coach Strock and Coach Yunker, check them out if you uh, aren't watching us or listening to us. So, best of luck to those two gentlemen uh, covering high school football on Friday nights. Yeah, I would say so, too. I mean, I think that's one thing about Northwest Ohio. The more people you can get to cover these athletes and give them the recognition, the better it is. And I mean, these kids deserve it. They put in the hard work and effort. And I mean, the least we can do is uh, give them some praise. So um, again, check out black swamp football, another great outlet. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to next conference, Buc- Western Buckeye league. Uh, go ahead. We're looking at Van- or defiance first three and seven last year, two and seven in the conference head coach, Travis Cooper uh, entered his second year, uh, lose a couple key players, Alex Hoffel, Dominic Tracer, Keegan Villarreal, and Dawson Hornish, all conference players they lost. Uh, they have no all conference players returning. Uh, they have uh, Gavino Gomez and Nikita Hoffel. Uh, they're multi year lettermen that are back. But uh, like I said, Coach Cooper, he's entering his second season. Um, again, I think kind of a rough first season, but again, Defiance has been kind of da- down for the last few years. Um, I, I think this year, I don't know. Again, the WBL is pretty tough, too. Again, going back to just tough schools. I mean, you play St. Mary's and uh, Van Wert, and I, I think it's just tough. Um, I think they're still in that rebuilding phase. Uh, yeah, look at uh, the defiance last year, 3-7. and seven. Coach Cooper is another one of those coaches. Whenever he talks, you just automatically, he seems to inject you with the excitement and the enthusiasm. So Coach Cooper's been a winner wherever he's been. Uh, was second year back at Defiance. So built Ryan, built Wasian, um, was a coach at Fairview for a couple of years. Um, second year at Defiance. Um, so Coach Cooper uh, building Defiance back where everybody in Defiance County probably expects uh, Bulldog football to be. Um, 13 points on offense, 24 on defense last year. Uh, Christian Camaso, I mean, transferred from Tenora over to Defiance, so look forward to see what Christian can offer. Uh, 576 yards on the ground last year for the Rams. Uh, so we'll see what uh, Coach Cooper and he can do with uh, Christian on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Christian, a heck of an athlete, on, especially on defense. It's always interesting to see how that first game of the season starts off, too, because – <clears throat> that's another game that's a toss-up, you know, 7 nothing last year. It could go the other way. It could be 0, you know, 0-7 this year. Really, uh, when they play Napoleon, it's like you guys said earlier, it's it's like their Super Bowl for the season, even for Defiance. Right. So it'll be kind of setting the tone for the season. I feel like you said, too, that's another game. Like, you talk, you hit it on the money earlier with Ayersville and Tenor. It, again, it, you could throw everything out the door. I mean, they're going to go out and battle for four quarters no matter what. I mean, you could have Absolutely. one team that has zero wins. Well, I mean, they play the first game of the year, but 
hypothetically, if they had zero wins and one had ten, it doesn't matter. You can throw out the records. They're going to go out and they're going to brawl. Right. So Right. Uh, Coach Cooper does have it. I mean, he has experienced kids coming back. Got Zipful back, uh, quarterback, two decent running backs. Well, you throw Christian Thomas in there, too, if that's the plan. You've got three decent running backs, Castillo, yeah. Wilder, uh, that's Christian. What I mean, Graduated, what, three receivers, Kellemeyer, Cameron Rivera, and, and Wade Liffick. But as far as the backfield, uh, Coach Cooper seems to be uh, well, pretty well set there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what they're going to have to rely on for their offense this year. I mean, three quality running backs, I mean, I think you got to utilize them and adjust your offense to that. So, um, I, I don't know. Curious to see how Defiance does this year. I was kind of looking at that, too. You know, you took just your offense. You get a – he kind of runs a power spread, as it says there, and – you know, do you run the spread when you got, you know, three running backs in the backfield that are capable of putting up four or five hundred yards apiece? Uh, yeah, you know, maybe more. And then did you do you go to throw in the ball? You know what I mean? So, so it's it's going to be a decision making thing for there for see how he adjusts and what the athletes that he's got every year. Definitely. Uh, moving on, let's go to Ottawa Glandorf. Uh, Again, some of these teams a little bit newer to the coverage area, so uh, may not have as much information. But Ottawa Glandorf, another quality team. 11-3 last year, 7-2, made a deep playoff run. Uh, Ken Schreiner, who's been there forever, uh, graduates 15 starters, which I think that that's tough. Uh, you lose out on offensive lineman of the year, first team all Ohio, Tyler Leopold. He went to the University of Indianapolis to play football. Uh, Caleb Coleman, Cale Holm, Landon Jordan, uh, Ian Fenbert. Uh, big name, too, that's not playing in this year is Colin White. He's not going out. Um, he's focusing on basketball. But, man, talk about a kid with a lot of talent. I mean, I, I, I don't blame him. I mean, I wouldn't want to get hurt either. I mean, he's already getting Division One offers, and he's I think he's only going to be a junior this year. But uh, big loss for the football program. Uh, Bo Neenberg, Trevor Cantrell, Ben Colley, and Spencer, all all-conference all players that lose out. Um, only four returning starters this year. They bring back Cy Rump. He was a second-team WBL linebacker. And they bring back Landon Mormon, uh, defensive back, honorable mention, WBL. So, uh, Ottawa Glandorf, uh, possibly a bit rebuilding year. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they've been a powerhouse the last couple of years, but uh, they lose out on a lot of talent. Yeah, it's kind of like the Rams. Um, big rebuilding year for Ottawa Glandorf. Uh, 27 years for Coach Schreiner. 16 playoff appearances, five wins shy of 200. They're uh, Region 18 champions, made it to the Final Four, lost to Kirkland, who seems to be in the Final Four every year. (laughs) I mean, um, but boy, boy, 29 points on offense, just 13 points on defense, but you look at everything you lost. I mean, that's – but you said Coach Schreiner, 27 years, close to 200 wins. Obviously, he's got the right philosophy down. Uh, Kuhlman, you lost uh, as – uh, Logan pointed out, uh, quarterback Jordan graduated, 3,000 yards through the air, 30 touchdowns, 500 yards on the ground, too. Um, he lost a running back, uh, Finbert, 1,000 yards, 17 scores. Colin White, um, 51 catches and close to 900 yards that uh, you're also losing, not due to graduation, but like I said, Logan focus, or as Logan said, focusing on basketball. Right. Um, on defense last year, they allowed just 90 yards, 99 yards passing, which in today's game is like that's almost unheard of. Right. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I think it's a rebuilding year for Ottawa Glandorf. Again, they're so used to, got similar, very similar to Sonora. I think that's a good comparison. Um, another program that's historically very good at football. Um, but again, I think that's a big blow too. You lose Colin White. I mean, but he's got offers from I think I was looking at Akron, Northern Iowa, Oakland, 
Ohio, Miami, Toledo. Um, and you got other schools like Indiana, Virginia reaching out, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Dayton, Air Force. I mean, the list goes on and on, but – I mean, that's pretty impressive, too. So, I mean, you lose a guy like that who's an athlete, I mean, and brings a good amount of production, I think that hurts as well. Well, you know, I, I look at their schedule from last year. You know, they started off the season with two losses and, you know, and got thumped a little bit by Eastwood, 42-19. to 19, And, you know, they come out the next week against Wapakoneta and, and they lost again. And, you know, you kind of like, okay, where's this season going? And, you know, then got a couple wins under their belt. And then, again, they lost to Van Wert. And then, you know, then – went on a run didn't lose again so you know you never count teams out um you know no matter how your season starts with especially with the way they're doing the playoff system now you know 16 teams get in and so you never know you never know what can happen yeah so you know don't worry about those first couple losses if you're you know trying to figure things out you never know what can happen from that on definitely uh moving on to van wert um head coach uh keith ricker leads the van wert cougars uh 12 and 2 8 and 1 last year another very good year for van wert uh, WBL co-coach of the year and uh, Keith Recker. Um, looking at key players lost. Again, they lose a lot of players like Ottawa Glandorf, uh, Nate Jackson, Connor Pratt, uh, who's going to Hillsdale College to play, uh, Cullen Dunn, Turner Witten, Cooper Adams, Ty Jackson, Carter Miller, Trey Laudick. Uh, a lot of guys lost. But, uh, again, they bring back a couple really good athletes. I mean, they bring back Aiden Pratt, uh, first-team quarterback, second-team defensive end, WBL. He's got offer from Ashland already, a Division II school. Uh, tight end, Maddox, Crutchfield, first team, WBL tight end. He's got offers from Capital and Taylor University. And uh, Garrett Gunner, another quality wide receiver. So, uh, again, Van Wert. I, I don't think they're they're quite as bad shape as Ottawa Glandorf because they bring back a couple key players like their quarterback. Um, but I think, I think they may be down just a little bit. But, I mean, they could still possibly have a very – similar season to what they did last year uh, you return your top two guns you got your your quarterback and wide receiver slice tight end coming back so your weapons are there unfortunately when you lose such that big haul of uh talent uh boy we'll see what van Wert, uh has to offer and uh coach wrecker one of the issues they're going to run into is not having a solid offensive line um you know aiden pratt it's going to be running for his life, most likely, unless they can really find some people to fill in those holes. He's going to be uh, being chased quite a bit, so he's going to have to find a way to settle into a couple of gaps and get the ball off quick. All right, we'll move on to the next conference here. Um, Northwest Conference, the NWC, got a couple teams here. Uh, Columbus Grove, uh, another good team. I mean, they lose a, a, quite a bit of talent, but, uh, again, uh, they're led 11-1 last year, 7-0 of the conference. Uh Head coach Andy Schaefer's been doing a very nice job over there. Uh, he was the NWC coach of the year. Uh, lose a couple key players. Colin Metzger uh, went to Heidelberg University to play. He's been one of the best. He's been a staple in Columbus Grove the last few years. Uh, Mitch Douglas, another very good. He's, he's an all-Ohio player. Jackson Schroeder, Luke Kaufman, Reese Faroff went to Marshall University kick. Clay Bonnell, Braylon Baxter, Robbie Lyons, all all-conference players, excellent athletes. They lose all of them. Uh, key returning players bring back 11 uh, starters total. Uh, honestly, looking who they bring back, Tad Koch and A.J. Schaefer, best, by far best one-two linebacker punch, I think, in the area. Um, you look at those guys, I, I just can't believe. And I, I think, too, that they lead uh, Columbus Grove. They bring back a couple nice guys on defense. They bring back Lawson Mag, Shep Halker. Um, I think they're probably one of the best defenses in the area, honestly. I mean, you look at those two stats – uh, AJ Schaefer was a first team all Ohio linebacker um, as a junior. Um, and Tad Koch is, is 
right up there with them. And actually, Tad Koch's stats were a little more impressive than AJ's. I mean, you look at Tad Koch, 141 tackles, two sacks, two interceptions, three pass breakups, six tackles for loss. And AJ Schaefer, 103 tackles, one sack, uh, and 11 tackles for loss. I mean, that, that's pretty impressive. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I think Columbus Grove, I think they're going to do some, some big things this year still. Yeah, I think Columbus Grove, uh, you hate to say they were 11-1, and one, but they'll surprise teams this year. I mean, they won four straight titles. You lose Metzger, who we saw in that playoff game a couple years ago, just a beast. And uh, one of the, the the numbers that kind of stood out for me was, like, when I think of Columbus Grove, you think, like, Blake Reynolds kind of throwing the ball, Metzger. But they, out of 510 plays, they ran for 373 of those. But if you have a, a running <laughs> a running back by the with the quality of Metzger, you know, close right, to fifteen hundred yeah. yards, twenty six scores. But I'm I guess still like thinking, hey, Blake Reynolds is at uh, Columbus Grove, but he's not. Uh, Run runner coming back, just over a thousand yards uh, through the air, eight scores. So um, see Columbus Grove. Not that they're going to disappoint this year, but eleven and one. I really don't see them falling off like too much as logan said defensively probably one of the better units in the area uh you lose uh powerhouse running back but defensively uh kind of pick that up a little bit aj you got any comments nope not really uh you know i, I don't know a whole lot about columbus grove so it's one of those one of those schools that it's always interesting to see how they do you know they're always always seem to be good always seem to be very good um but they were never really anybody we ever were involved with so just curious to kind of see how things develop for them. You know, their, their schedule last year, you know, they just they ran right through the schedule. It says, you know, like they're running a 22-game regular game, regular season win streak. You know, and then you run into Liberty Center in the playoffs. And, you know, you get to the playoffs, you you know, everybody that you play at that point pretty much is starting to get good. And, you know, unfortunately, they ran into them early in the in the playoffs. And, you know, it's just kind of tough for them at that point. But, you know, Columbus Grove has been good for a few years, and I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Uh, let's move on to the next team in NWC, Lipsick. Uh, we got to see them play a little bit last year. Uh, they were a quality opponent. Uh, played the Rams at, at, over at Tenor last year, uh, which was a close game. 8-4 and four last year, 6-1 and one in the conference. Joe Kirkendall doing nice things over there at Lipsick. Um, lose out a couple big players, Adrian Carrillo, Ethan Lammers, Braden Castile, Dylan Neese, Fabiana Pena, and Blake Liffick. Uh, but they bring seven starters in offense, five on defense, uh, a couple really nice players that came to mind, and, and they really showed out in that Tenor game. We got to watch them play. And uh, that Trent Seifker and that Quinn Schroeder, and, uh, I mean, they are pretty good. And Peyton Lammers is a good offensive lineman, and they bring back Estevan Carrillo. But uh, Schroeder and Seifker were two that really stood out, I thought, watching them play uh, wide receiver and defensive back. But uh, I think uh, I think Lipsick has a pretty good year this year, too. Isn't that Peyton Lammers? Isn't he a big dude? Yeah, yeah. He's a big, yes. big guy. He is a he? big guy. Yes. Like, you know, I remember seeing his stat on there. I was like, he's he's a big boy. Yep, yep. And I, I think I think he has a pretty good year as well. Um, again, for being a smaller school like Lipsick, I, I think if you can have size like that as an offensive lineman, I think uh, I think that that's just phenomenal if you can have guys like that leading up front and leading the charge. Right. Again, yeah. and, and I'm again I look at the schedules and. You know, they lost to Liberty Benton first game, but then they lost against Tenora, lost against Columbus Grove, you know, losing to quality opponents. You know, it's exactly. not like they're – and, you know, then they lose in the playoff game and, and to Macomb. So, you you know, it just tells me they got a quality team there. Not not only that, but they only lost by three or by seven <laughs> points in three of those games. And then the Liberty Benton game, they only lost by 14. So, yeah. I think Lipstick's a better, better team coming back. 
uh, than what they look like. So we'll see how they uh, perform in the conference. Yeah, as AJ said, eight and four last year uh, actually gave us Rams yeah. one of the better games of the year. I think Cole Andrews actually had what that fifty-yard touchdown run in probably the last three or four minutes that yeah. actually yeah. Uh, brought the Rams back in that game. Um, lose your quarterback, bring a quarterback Schrader from receiver to quarterback. So we'll see how that transition uh, takes place. Uh, Seifker back as a receiver, close to eight hundred yards, uh, seven touchdowns. So. Uh, Coach Kirkendall has a little bit of work cut out for him, but again, Lipsick probably a little bit better than you would think after an eight and four season last year. Yeah, I agree. I think I think they do pretty good things this year. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to Crestview, last team in the NWC, six and five last year, three and four. Uh, James Loudsenheiser is the head coach. Uh, lose out on a couple big players. Mason Penix, he's a first team All NWC player. Uh, Nick Helt, Traven Barton, Aiden Lichtensteiger. Dylan Berklow and Landon Frymouth, uh, all conference players that they lose out on. Uh, bring back a couple key players, Westland Ludwig. He was a linebacker, uh, honorable mention. Carson Hunter, a uh, pretty good athlete, a defensive back, honorable mention NWC. And they bring back Parker Spieth, another honorable mention NWC. Um, again, Crestview is a new team uh, to the coverage area. Not sure quite uh, as much information as the other ones, but uh, – they lose out on a lot of talent. I don't know. I think just kind of looking from what we know, I see them possibly maybe down a little bit this year. But I, I don't. I don't see a terrible season. I see maybe five hundred season. So, uh, thoughts on Crestview? Yeah, as Logan said, we really don't know much about Crestview other than probably a basketball school. It seems <laughs> like, um, but Northwest Conference probably Columbus Grove, Lipsick, and then Crestview is probably your top three. Yeah. Um, but we, at least personally, can't really offer too much as far as a Crestview preview. Unfortunately, right. I think I some know. of these other teams will will start to learn a little bit more about them as as the season progresses. Even when we get through uh, some of the scrimmages, just to see where they they match up in the the area and learn a little bit more about them. All right. Well, all, all all I'm going to say is I I don't know if you got them right, but that that was a great job on those names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's always tough to say names, especially if you're you're not familiar with them. I mean, we're we're familiar with their our area teams that, right. that we've they've had like you said the Dravis is for Tenora and yep. there's a lot of te- names you know but uh yeah try not to butcher them too much <laughs> all right last couple schools here for the previews then we'll take a break uh North Central first varsity season uh and their independent conference kind of like the Notre Dame I guess in Northwest Ohio but uh head coach Scott Thompson uh seven one in uh the JV season last year they bring back 13 starters Again, uh, not much known about them. I mean, they didn't have a varsity season last year, but uh, I don't know. Excited to see how how North Central does. I mean, they're not known to have football, so uh, I think that's got to be exciting for the community at right, least. I right. Say, this is a startup kind of, right? I mean, yeah, this is yeah. A, it's like similar to uh, Striker a couple years ago. Yeah, um, yeah similar to that. Dry, jotting down some notes. 2014, they started Little League football. They implemented junior high football in 2018, uh, played JV the last uh, couple of years, but at least personally, it's one of those teams in Williams County that you probably keep an eye on just because you kind of pull for somebody that's, you know, just a startup right. program trying to just get their feet in the grass and, you know, just trying to uh, build an identity and hopefully get some kids out and, and uh, they can, uh, Coach Thompson can build a pretty solid program in the upcoming years. I mean, they have they must have enough kids to make yeah. a, uh, a full 11-man team. I'm just kind of surprised they didn't go 8-man or something like that. But, I mean, right. they must have enough kids out and motivated. And What's what you have here is 13 starters. I'm like, I'm like hoping it's not just 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, with being a, a junior high football coach, um, you know, the, the, the numbers are down. We, we talked about numbers earlier. Um, 
you know, and some schools are, you know, they're combining their seventh and eighth grade teams because they just don't have enough numbers to field both. So, you know, back, uh, you know, before I came in this year, this year I'm with the eighth graders um, exclusively. And and then uh, I was with the seventh grade before, but, you know, you mentioned Crestview just a minute ago. We had to go all the way to Crestview to play a game, you know, as a seventh grade team because there just aren't teams around here. So it's good to see North Central you know, kind of putting together our program and kind of building it up from the ground up like they're supposed to instead of just coming out and say, hey, I want to have a varsity program and let's go get 25 kids and go play a game and just get slaughtered because you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So started a little league program and then kind of building it up through the ranks. And that's, that's awesome to see that. Yeah. And I, and I'm excited. I mean, everything I've heard, I think the athletes are all excited for, I get to play under the lights. I, that's gotta be yeah. exciting for that whole pioneer community. So, yeah. I mean, I was there when I was in the junior high when striker, you know, started doing that and, and they were trying to get it going. They just could not get the kids. And so they, they're, you know, they're doing the eight man thing now. All right, last couple schools here. Uh, we'll group them together again. Um, not as much information being an eight-man. I feel like eight-man just doesn't get covered as much as some of the 11-man stuff. But, uh, I mean, these, these kids nonetheless still deserve some recognition as well. I mean, they put in the hard work. And I was out to, to Stryker uh, a couple weeks ago. I went to Drop Zone Pizza and picked up some pizza and uh, drove by the field. And, th- I mean, those kids were out there in the heat, and then they, they're putting in the time and work. So, I mean, they, they deserve just as much uh, respect as anyone else. And uh, Stryker, we'll group them together. Strikers one and seven last year, one and three in the conference. Uh, Kent Halsopel is the head coach. Uh, bring back seven starters. Um, and Holgate, they were oh, they only played one game last year. They Again, a numbers issue. Uh, head coach Chad Wagner, but uh, seven players returning from last season. Um, again, uh, looking at those two, uh, I'm excited. I always pull for area teams. Um, they, they don't really play in a conference with many Northwest Ohio. T- I mean, in in our area, I mean, they play a Toledo Christian, but I wouldn't consider that. I guess I mean it's up in Toledo area, yeah. but but again, uh, they play teams all over Danbury, St. Mary, Central Catholic. So I don't know. I'm excited to pull for the teams, yeah. and uh, hopefully they have they both have good seasons. So. As as Tony said, Coach Fairchild. Uh, you see Northern Eight Football Conference, and you count one, two, three, four, five. Unfortunately, or fortunately for some of these schools, uh, eight-man football, which I've said for the last couple of years, I think is going to become more of the norm, at least in this area. You see Hicksville, even Ayersville, you know, teams like that, they're just struggling to get kids out. So I think the Northern Eight Football Conference, probably in the next three, four, five, six years, probably going to actually double. Uh, as far as, you know, your membership. A striker, another one of those startup programs, is, as Tony said, you kind of pull for, you just kind of look to see how they're doing because you want to see them succeed. Uh, small community, you know, get kids out. Averaged 13 points a game last year, gave up 42. Um, do have seven starters returning on both sides of the ball, it looks like. So, um, Holgate, last year, I think they just didn't have the kids and injuries kind of knocked them out. But the year before, you look like, they average 50 points a game and just yeah, seem to be one I of the more, about more exciting teams around. Uh, Coach Wagner, what, uh, 13 and 4 uh, before last year. So 16 um, 11 overall. But Holgate, like I said, at least two years ago, uh, just knocking people off, averaging 50, 55 points every game. So I'd like to see them kind of get back on their feet, um, at least. What happened last it. year that they only played one game? Just they couldn't field the numbers. I think that they like, got to the point where so many kids were getting injured or just couldn't, like, again, a numbers issue. Eight-man football, and they still couldn't field the numbers. Yeah. Wow. So, 
So, the, I mean, they're back this year. Um, again, I think there's some excitement around, but, again, it's a numbers issue. But I do think eight-man football is a good alternative for, for teams that can't field the numbers. Right. It, it gives those kids an opportunity to go out and play the sport, and I think that's that's what it's all about. And I feel like eight-man football and that conference is still competitive. So yeah, I, think, I think hopefully the next step of the next two or three years where the state can step in and actually give them, like, a, a playoff system, which I think yes. will will – advance some of these schools a little more as far as numbers now you just play a regular season you may play six seven games if, if that and what are you playing for you know hey we're yeah. just hanging out with my buddies on friday night under the lights <laughs> um but there's really no end goal i guess so well, as more and more teams drop to eight man um hopefully you know the state can step in and give them some sort of uh, playoff system at the end. At least I have a prize. I, I don't believe eight man's not actually a, a sanctioned OHSAA no, no, sport. It's not. No, so yeah, like no. you said too, if, if, if they step in and, and give a little bit more incentive and maybe give some funding towards it. And uh, like I said, it's a good alternative. I mean, I, I would much rather personally see 11 man, but I mean, I think right. eight man is, is something else. It's another alternative, like I said, but it, again, these kids deserve just as much respect as the next. So. Right. You know, and as, as the schools and, the, and you know, it just seems like there's not, you know, families aren't having as many kids, right? So then, you know, your numbers dwindle in some of the schools. And, you know, and, and I always look at Sonora. Um, Sonora is like right on that borderline between, uh, I, I use softball for an example, softball, baseball, but right on that borderline between D3 and D4. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're really, you're 20 kids from, you know, if you, you get an influx of 20 kids, you're now you're D3. And if you, those 20 kids leave, now you're D4. Um, so you're you're either the small D three school, or you're a bigger D four school, yeah. and you know as the numbers dwindle, you just you know you you you're fielding thirty football players, you know thirty five you know thirty five football players whatever that number may be, you know you're only getting, you know you don't have that many kids to choose from. You right. know? Yeah, I think Tony just he said it exactly, which you kind of forgot about. I think the Rams uh, were actually at that number for division five or six they were what one kid i believe is what the deciding factor was wow. between the wow. divisions I, I heard that too yep i know when you know when we made a baseball run at tenora there that we, it was a we kind of flipped there we went to division four didn't we yes or, yes yeah, we flipped to division four yeah. same thing when the girls went to the state from softball that year they had dropped the division four so not saying that it's easier when you go to division four but it changes your path right instead of having to go to lima or you know, someplace else. Now you're going to a whole different. You're playing different teams, and um, you know, just it just it's unfortunate that the numbers are dwindling the way they are. That we have to even have eight man. I mean, yep. All righty. Well, that sums up all our previews. We're going to take a break to hear from our sponsors, and we'll move on with the uh, podcast. For any of your auto body or collision needs, be sure to check out Bat and Stevens Body Shop, voted the number one body shop in Northwest Ohio by Crescent News Readers. Give them a call today at 419-497-3111 to schedule your free estimate. Check out Tenora Rams Live. Live events broadcast on YouTube and post-game results, articles, schedules, and more can all be found on TenoraRams.com. Feel free to look up their Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages as well. Jimenez Basketball Academy strives to create an atmosphere to cultivate basketball fundamentals in Northwest Ohio youth athletes, offering one-on-one sessions, group sessions, speed and agility training, and much more. Located in Pettisville, Ohio, call Coach Jesse today at 419-551-8105. Back on the NW Sports Podcast. So we finished up the team previews. Next, we're going into uh, the preseason rankings that I have. Uh, I've always released the the ranking, the power rankings for the area. So kind of run down. we got 27 teams in our coverage area that field 11-man football. 
Um, and we'll see uh, what the guys' comments are on the rankings. So uh, with no further ado, uh, we'll start with number 27. Uh, I have North Central coming in. Uh, 26, Hilltop. Number 25, Paulding. Number 24, Swanton. Number 23, Hicksville. Number 22, Montpelier. And number 21, Fairview. Uh, thoughts on those teams in the rankings? Uh, just from my perspective, three teams you'd like to see get out of that and get a little bit higher. Hicksville, Montpelier, and Fairview. The other, North Central, Hilltop, Paulding, Swanton. Building for the future, just trying to you know establish a solid foundation and just get back to uh, 500 seasons. But Hicksville, Montpelier, and Fairview, you, you would just like to see, at least personally, those three teams uh, kind of show a little bit of improvement this season and maybe get in the 15 to 20, 20 range. Tony, AJ, any comments? No, I'm good. Nope, not at this point. All right, let's go to the next section. Number 20 coming in, Evergreen. Number 19, Defiance. Number 18, Ayersville. Number 17, Crestview. Number 16, Napoleon. Uh, thoughts on that group and the rankings? Uh, just initially, you see Defiance at 19. Uh, you, hope, you hope to see Coach Cooper uh, again, you know, get his uh, claws in the program, year number two, and maybe get them like in that uh, 10 to 15 range. I was thinking the same thing with Evergreen. You know, with new coach, you might see them jump up there pretty quick. Yep. Who knows? I agree. And Ayersville's and Napoleon. Um, probably see Napoleon maybe getting that top 15. Ayersville. Uh, Coach Mickey over there, uh, low numbers again, so you're going to have kids play both sides of the ball, multiple snaps. Uh, hopefully, you know, they can uh, condition and hold off on the wear and tear. So, again, Ayersville, like to see them at least hopefully get a little bit higher as the season progresses, at least in, the, like I said, 10 to 15 range for me. Now, three out of five of those teams are going to new coaches, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing, too. <laughs> Uh, let's look at the next section. Uh, coming in at number 15, Delta. Number 14, Wayne Trace. Number 13, Edgerton. Number 12, Brian. And then number 11, Eden. Thoughts on that group? Uh, at least for me, what stands out, Edgerton. I would like to, I mean, as the season rolls on, at least two game, the first three games non-conference, we'll kind of see where Edgerton's at. Then GMC uh, starts with uh, week four. But Edgerton, I can see them uh, as the season rolls on being definitely a top 10 team, if not top Eight for sure. Yeah, I was thinking Edgerton will probably end up leapfrogging some of the the eight, nine, ten teams here. Uh, you know, Antwerp's gonna be a good team, so I'm not sure if they're gonna fall or not. But Edgerton's definitely gonna end up up in the top ten by the end of the season. Yeah, Eden eleven. You'd you'd like to see them stay at eleven, but you can also see them maybe falling back to the you know fifteen, sixteen range with the, with just the amount of talent they lost. Um, it's just it's hard to replace somebody like that. That's that's like a, a once. You know, a school is going to see a quarterback like Gallahue maybe once per 50 years if they're lucky. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just Eden 11 and 2 last year. It's just going to be hard to duplicate that season. Well, you, you know, you talk about Edgerton. You guys have mentioned Edgerton, Eden, and believe it or not, they play each other the first game of the season. Yeah. So and that's another <laughs> right, big yeah, rival. Absolutely. That's a rivalry game, too. I mean, those yeah. two, they're not too far away yeah. communities. And uh, I mean, I think that'll be a good uh, good game to watch week yeah. one. I mean, that will really tell you how good Edgerton is and how good Eden is. And I mean, if you win that game, I think that's really going to set the tone for the rest of the yeah, season. That's a right. very valid point, uh, Logan. You see, <laughs> Tony hit it right on the head. First game, Edgerton, Eden. So. Throw it all on the table and see what you got. Right. All right. We're cracking the top 10 now. Uh, coming in at number 10, Sonora. Number 9, Lipsick. Number 8, Antwerp. Number 7, Patrick Henry. Number 6, Ottawa Glandorf. 
Uh, for me personally, you see Tenor at number 10. I just – Coach Krause has been there forever, 25 years, 70% um, winning percentage, but you just had so much talent. Those uh, the, the class that graduated was probably on the field for the last three years in a row. I mean, most of the kids. You know, you see Nolan Schaefer gone, um, Bryce. Uh, it could just go on and on and on and on about all the all the talent that the the boys lost or the the Rams lost. But uh, Tenora sticking at number ten. Well, like we all here hope that's the case, but I just I just don't see the Rams uh, just sticking to that top ten. Um, Antwerp, another team that could possibly actually move up a bit. So we'll see what Coach Hale and the uh, the Archers got that three-headed monster over there. Um, lost a lot of talent on the offensive line. But Antwerp, I can see them as a steady 8-10 to 10 as the season rolls on. OG's another one, losing all the talent. And that, you know, we'd say Colin White not coming back out. Yeah. That, that could be huge for them. So yeah, we'll see if they stay in the top 10. Um, they could slide a little bit with losing all their talent. All right, cracking the top five here. So top five teams in the preseason power rankings. Coming in at number five, Liberty Center. Number four, Columbus Grove. Number three, Wauseon. Number two, Archbold. And number one, Van Wert. Yeah, boy, Logan, I can honestly see <laughs> you throw Liberty Center, Wauseon, and Archbold. Really, that could be your top three teams oh, as, as the season rolls on, all from the same conference. Uh, Liberty Center, number five, could easily win. Uh, the conference, uh, Archibald, you know, like you said, big loss with DJ Newman, but you, you have just a truckload of talent coming back, entire offensive line, uh, Dominic coming back as a running back. So Liberty Center, Wauseon, Archibald, um, boy, it's going to be hard to knock off Van Wert, but Liberty Center is kind of my sleeper, I guess, in this top five poll here. I don't, I don't, can't imagine the top five is really going to change much this year because I, I feel like they're all – Really, the top five teams, when you look at the stats and the, the way the team's set up, it, you know, they might bounce around between each other. They might leapfrog each other a little bit. But I think overall, they're, you know, these five teams are going to pretty much stay in the top five or six. I just feel like, too, that that tier of the top five that, that I kind of came with the top five, that that tier is so, so good. I feel like it, it, it's it's tough to, to, to be up there with that group of teams. But. Uh, I'm excited for all to watch all five throughout the year. Um, like I said, I, I think there's a couple other teams that could possibly sneak up there, but I think, like AJ said, I think that group's going to probably stay towards the top uh, for most of the season. So uh, we'll see how things plan out. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward. The one you got in there that's kind of got me, uh, and I agree with it 100%, is Wassey on. Um, but, you know, you're going to see have to see how, you know, McLeod does – as a quarterback, if he steps up and does what he thinks we're going to, we, we think he'll do. Right. Um, they're definitely a contender in that top five. Yeah, if, if that whole offense stays healthy, like they could put up just offensively passing wise. Yeah. Just like Eden numbers this year. Right. Really. Exactly. And, and the crazy thing is too, Liberty Center, Wasi and Archibald will all play each other. So, exactly. I mean, we'll, right, we'll find right. out. <laughs> and we'll get to see Wasi on firsthand, you know, cause we'll be at Tenor game, you know, they play yes. Wasi on second game. So we'll get to see both Liberty Center and Wasi on right there off the bat. So, it's a lot like watching the big 10 East, <laughs> watching all no the kidding. Schools yes, schools exactly. Right. Uh, so yeah, we'll go, we'll, we'll see who, uh, who's the top dog in the NWL. So uh, we're going to go ahead and we'll take another break to hear from our sponsors. Fairchild Family Chiropractic aims to help families to get better together in the least invasive way possible. Dr. Fairchild focuses on the neck using the Blair Technique and Palmer Package adjusting to correct spinal misalignments. Located in Defiance, Ohio, call Dr. Fairchild today at 419-576-5070 to schedule an appointment. 
Josh Bush of Sam Schweitzer Realty is your go-to realtor in Northwest Ohio. Josh has a passion for our local community and is highly motivated to help you find your dream home, business, or farm. Located in Defiance, Ohio, call Josh today at 419-789-1451. Northwest Ohio Basketball hosts premier basketball tournaments for boys in grades 3 to 8 in the area. Upcoming tournaments are right around the corner. Give them a call today at 419-283-5296 or check out their website at nwobball.com. Crystal Vasquez of Amerimade Realty is a top real estate agent in Northwest Ohio. Crystal's compassion and enthusiasm allow her to find that special property or house just for you. Located in Bryan, Ohio, give her a call today at 419-799-1243. Back on the NW Sports Podcast, uh, finishing up the podcast here, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll see our week one game predictions and see uh, who each of us have picked, and uh, we'll go ahead and we'll keep track of that each season and see uh, who really uh, really knows Northwest Ohio football and uh, who's the best <laughs> picker around. So uh, let's go ahead and we'll start here, guys. Uh, I'll lead it off looking at the first game. Uh, rivalry game, like we just mentioned, Edgerton Eden kick it off week one. Um, I think that's probably one of the top games in the area to go watch week one. Uh, I got Edgerton. Same here. I took Edgerton myself. Yeah, I've got Edgerton. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if all the games in the area, unfortunately, I mean, I guess not unfortunately for us, but we're doing Sonora Liberty Center. But, you know, just a fan, I just, Edgerton Eden game could be one of the better games of the season. Oh, so, I, I uh, Edgerton for me. All right, and also we got a fifth and special picker, my brother Bryce Bailey. Uh, this is something we've done for years and years in the past. So uh, he had Eden, so he was the only one across the board that had Eden. So he's taking the Bombers in week one. Uh, looking at the next game, uh, Paulding at Arlington. Uh, looking, I think I think it's a tough matchup for Arlington. They were 8-3 and three last year, Paulding 0-10. Uh, I think it's tough for the Panthers to win. I got Arlington. Uh, Allerton as well. Uh, rough start for Coach uh, Farrell and Paulding, unfortunately. Yep, Arlington. Arlington also. And Bryce had Arlington as well. Uh, moving on to the next game, uh, Wayne Trace at Fort Recovery. Uh, Wayne Trace 4-6 and six last season, Fort Recovery 4-7. and seven. Um, Looking, I think – I don't know. I think it, I think it's a close game, but I, I think Wayne Trace edges them out. Um, I think the second season under Matt, Coach Matt Holden, and they got a lot of young talent coming back. I think Wayne Trace comes out on top. Uh, exactly what uh, Logan said. Wayne Trace, a lot of offensive talent coming back. So going with the Raiders. Yeah, I'm going with the Raiders. It's just going to be excited to see them uh, build their team up a little more. they got a lot coming back, so it's going to be cool to see their, their talent. I really flipped a coin on this one. I, I was about to go with Fort Recovery and break out of the box, but I, I decided to go with Wayne Trace as well. And Bryce had Wayne Trace, so Wayne Trace across the board for week one. Uh, next game, Delta, 4-7 and seven last year. Ayersville, 6-4. and four. Uh, Delta's at Ayersville. Uh, I'm taking the Pilots. I got Ayersville. Uh, Ayersville as well. Coach Mickey out at uh, Craig McCord Field starts off with the win. I've got Ayersville as well. Again, that was this was a toss up for me. I almost went Delta, but uh, stuck with the GMC and went Ayersville. That's I was kind of thinking the same thing on that one, <laughs> <laughs> only because you know new coach and I, I thought maybe yeah. you never know. So, but I, since they were at home, I gave them the nod. And uh, honestly, too, I think that's another game that, like you said, could be a toss up. I mean, right. Delta's got they were a playoff team last year and right. uh, Division Six, but uh, and Bryce had Ayersville as well. So Ayersville across the board for all of us. 
Uh, next game, Hicksville, one and nine last year at Patrick Henry, six and five. Um, I just think uh, Patrick Henry's got too much firepower for the Aces. I got Patrick Henry. Uh, I took Patrick Henry as well. Coach I, Coach Smith, been coaching seems like forever on both sides, but Patrick Henry just uh, a little too much. Uh, go with the Patriots. Yeah, I've got uh, Patrick Henry as well. Just between Patrick Henry being a powerhouse and Hicksville, they've got some rebuilding to do still. Uh, so I, I don't think that's even going to be a contest. PH for me. And Bryce had PH, so PH across the board for that game. Uh, big one next, guys. Uh, Tenora <laughs> at Liberty Center. Um, ended up deciding that's going to be NW Sports Game of the Week. It was between that and Defiance Napoleon. Uh, the votes came in and uh, selected that game. So uh, big game. Uh, Tenora's 10-2 last year. Liberty Center 11-3. Both teams lose a lot of talent. Um I think Tenora's in, in a rebuilding phase this year. Uh, I hate to pick against my former school, but I I got to go Liberty Center. I agree with Logan uh, taking the Tigers. Rams, just so much offense and defensive talent lost due to graduation. New quarterback, um, going with the Tigers. I kind of threw a little wrench in the works on this one. I went with Tenora just because a uh, couple of things. One, uh, they're out for blood this year. You know, that loss last year was a tough loss. They're going to be fighting like crazy to uh, try to bring one back and take it back from them. Uh, they also have a pretty good linebacker crew. We kind of talked about that earlier. So their their defense is going to have some strong points uh, coming back, and it's going to be a little different seeing uh, Tenora without a solid offense this year. Right. But I think their defense has a chance of holding Liberty Center to, to you know, very low points. And uh, – I also went against the alma mater and, and uh, picked Liberty Center and, and killed me to do that. But um, I just think Liberty Center is going to have too much firepower for the Rams to stop that early in the season. If they had played a little bit later on, maybe I'd change my, maybe I'd change my pick. But I, I just think Liberty Center is going to be t- too good that early on. And Bryce had Liberty Center, so uh, AJ was the only one to go in against the grain for us. So uh, we'll go ahead and see who's right. I hope it's Tenora, obviously being a, a, a former uh, alum of or being alum of Tenora, but uh, I, I hopefully it's a good game, and that will be at Liberty Center. So that's the first time I'll, I'll be over there since they've had their turf. Yes, so. renovations, uh, put a new track in, got turf over there. So uh, nice, nice facility over there. Um, is it still going to be 95 degrees in the sweat, sweat bowl? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Humidity is yeah. always so high in that place. August 13th in the the bowl over there. August <laughs> 19th. So, 19th. Or 19th, yeah. yeah, yeah. 19th with the down in the bowl. It's going to be humid. It's going to be hot. And there's going to be absolutely no air of movement. They, yep. they actually did build that up. If you've been by yeah, there, they did. it's actually yep. not down quite as yeah, low when yeah. they put the turf in. They actually raised it. And the, the bleachers are all up and everything, so. Next game, looking at Antwerp nine and three last year at Montpelier one and seven. Uh, Antwerp, they're I think they're just too good for Montpelier this year. I'm going Antwerp. Uh, same uh, Antwerp. Uh, good game to for the Archers to kind of get their offense. You know, three headed monster again. Like I said, kind of get them back in the groove and see what they got. Uh, so I'm taking the Archers against Montpelier. I went with uh, Antwerp as well. I I honestly could see Antwerp having. A either ten and zero regular season or you know nine and one season. I don't even know who I would say they might lose to other than maybe Edgerton. Uh, so I I could see Antwerp winning all the way out. Yep. I went with Antwerp, and Bryce went with Antwerp as well. Uh, moving on to the next game, 
Fairview at Wauseon. Uh Again, I think a similar situation. I think Wauseon again, with the athletes they've got, a uh, good quarterback in McLeod, uh, a couple good wide receivers in Jude Armstrong and uh, Sam Smith, the Toledo commit. Uh, I think Wauseon edges them out. I took Wauseon, but if you look over the last three, four, five years, this is one of the better opening week games. Always seems to come down to the last play, but uh, I took the Indians. I went with Wauseon as well on this one. Yes, Wauseon. I don't think Fairview's going to have it for him. And Bryce had Wauseon as well. Uh, next game, Genoa at Archbold. Genoa 6-6 six and six last season, Archbold 12-1. and one. Um, It's at Archbold. Um, even though Archbold lost DJ Newman, they bring back plenty of talent. I got Archbold. Uh, Archibald, same uh, with Antwerp, kind of Archibald getting their feet underneath them and week one just to see what they got against Genoa, taking the streaks. Yep, I'm going with Archibald as well here. I'm with the streaks. And Bryce had Archibald as well. So uh, moving on to the next game, Rossford last year, 5-6 and six at Swanton, 0-10. Swanton's got some uh, new coach and uh, Eric Keller. Uh, I got Rossford. Uh, same here, Rossford. Yeah, Rossford, I think Swatton's just got way too much, uh, way too many unknown variables to really have any kind of ground to stand on at this point. Uh, I, I almost went with Swatton on this one. Just uh, they're going to get, they're going to come out and t- take the get that win under the belt first game. But I was like, yes, what AJ said. I think there's too many un- unknowns. So Swatton or uh, Rossford, it was. And Bryce had Rossford as well. Rossford across the board. Uh, next game, Brian at Van Wert um, again. Uh, I think Brian. Have a quality season, but again, I think Van Wert's just too much. They bring back their their really good quarterback in Aiden Pratt. Uh, I'm taking the Cougars. Yeah, a good opening uh, week test for the Golden Bears, but Van Wert uh, just has too much coming back, too much power for the Van Wert. Yeah, the, the Cougars here, it's a tough draw for Brian to be playing Van Wert first game of the season. It, it's a hard one to start with. Uh, Van Wert as well. I just don't think Brian's going to have anything to, get, to stop Van Wert. And Bryce had Van Wert as well. Uh, going on to the next game, Evergreen uh, and Coach Karchner, three and, they were 3-7 and seven last year. Uh, new coach and Coach Karchner uh, at North Baltimore, 3-6. and six. Uh, I got Evergreen. Um, again, I think, uh, I think they, they probably take North Baltimore, I bet, pretty easy. Yeah, I think Coach Karchner, uh, first game, going to bring it all out, win for Evergreen in week one. I'm going with Evergreen. I agree with Keith. I think he's going to do it or done. And Bryce had Evergreen as well. Uh, looking next game, uh, this was another big game. This was, it was between for the game of the week, Tenor and Liberty Center and Defiance and Napoleon. Again, this is another great game to start off the, the season. Honestly, I think, guys, this is, this is a flip of the coin. <laughs> I mean, I think it, two teams are going to go out and brawl. Defiance was 3-7 and seven last year, and uh, it's at Napoleon this year. And Napoleon was 4-6 and six last season. Um, I think Napoleon just got a little bit more talent this year. Uh, I'm taking Napoleon. Yeah, last year the game was seven nothing, and like this is like we said earlier, Super Bowl for both teams. And week one, uh, Coach Cooper coming back, Coach Swarry, week one for him. I'm taking Coach Cooper and the Dogs. Uh, I'm going with Napoleon here. Just kind of looking at the the returners, uh, Defiance really doesn't have a whole lot coming back. Uh, they they lost a lot of talent last year, uh, so I, I think Napoleon's going to pull it out. I kind of flipped a coin here a little bit, like Logan was saying. I. I almost went with Defiance because I really think Camaso will make a little bit of an impact there. But Napoleon at home, I took Napoleon. And Bryce had Napoleon as well. Uh, looking at the next game, Eastwood at Ottawa-Glandorf. Uh, again, we know Ottawa-Glandorf lost a lot of talent. 
Um, from what everything I've been hearing, I, I think Eastwood is going to be one of the top teams in uh, the division, Region 18, uh, this year. So uh, I think Eastwood's, they're reloaded again. I know they have that quarterback, uh, Booz, the Booz kid back. Uh, I'm taking Eastwood. I think uh, I think it's actually – it could possibly be a blowout, I think. Yeah, just the same what Logan said. With the OG losing so much talent, uh, Colin White not going out. Definitely have to go with uh, Eastwood, unfortunately, for the Glendor fans. Yep, yeah, definitely going to Eastwood on this one. I, I think I, Ottawa Glendor is going to pull it out. They're playing at home. I think they're still going to have enough there to maybe hold off Eastwood in, in, the, in the home field. And Bryce had Ottawa Glendorf too, so we were pretty split right down uh, down the middle. Um, I don't know. I think I think it could. I think it'll be a good game, yeah. but I, I think it has the potential to get out of hand. But uh, I don't know. We'll see what both teams bring yeah. to the table. Uh, next game: Pandora Gilboa. Last year, six and four at Columbus Grove, eleven and one. Um, again, Columbus Grove. They lose a couple key players. Callum Metzger, their running back. But um, I think I think honestly, I truly believe that Columbus Grove probably has one of the best defenses around. Uh, I'm taking Columbus Grove. Uh, same here, almost similar to Archibald. Does uh, Columbus Grove really ever have a bad season? Right, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking Columbus Grove in week one. Yeah, Columbus Grove, it's too much there. And Bryce had Columbus Grove as well. Uh, looking at the next game, Liberty Benton at Lipsick. Uh, I think this one could be kind of interesting. Uh, I know last year uh, Lipsick put up a battle against Liberty Benton. Uh, Liberty Benton was eight and three. Lipsick was uh, eight and four. I almost kind of think of that game as like almost a David and Goliath. Liberty Benton's <laughs> always kind of the bigger school. Lipsick's kind of out in the country, but uh, I mean both are really good football teams. So uh, I I I think Liberty Benton. Obviously, I don't know as much about Liberty Benton, but I know they still have quite a bit of talent back. I'm taking Liberty Benton. I did the same. I took Liberty Benton. Looks uh, like quality program, but still Liberty Benton just a little bit better. Yeah, I, it was one of those toss ups for me. I I ended up going with Lipstick here. Just uh, not sure how it's going to go. It's, it's going to be an interesting game. I I like the way Lipstick played against Sonora last year. I thought I think they're still going to be a tough. I. I think they're going to again. I'm going with the home team, kind of my forte here. <laughs> and Lipstick, and we got to see Lipstick firsthand. I mean, they're hard nosed team. Yeah. I mean, they play hard, and uh, their coach gets the kids to get after it. And uh, I mean, they go all 100 percent every time. So right. Bryce also had Lipstick, so we were pretty split on that one. Next game, Parkway one and nine at Crestview six and five. That was last year's records. Um, again, some teams that not as familiar with, but uh, I think. Crestview, it's safe to say, have enough talent back to uh, get the get the win. Uh, same here, Crestview. Yep, yeah, go with Crestview. Don't don't know enough about really either the two teams, but uh, does kind of seem like Crestview's getting some talent back. Crestview, and Bryce had Crestview too. Crestview across the board. Uh, last few games here, Hilltop last year were was zero and nine at Catholic Central, seven and four. Um, did a little research. I guess Catholic Central is not a bad school. Um, again. Hilltop's dealing with a long losing streak. It's hard to to not pick against opponent. Uh, I'm going Catholic Central. I'll do the same. Maybe Hilltop can get a little experience under their belt. Maybe we can uh, pick them in a week or two, but initially going with uh, Central. Yeah, I think uh, Central is going to kind of steamroll them a little bit in the first week. It might, might be a little uh, bit of an eye-opening experience for Hilltop. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't figure the first game was when, when Hilltop was going to break out of the streak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, but yeah. – uh, uh, yeah, I didn't think so either. Bryce had Catholic Central as well. Uh, Catholic Central across the board. I thought this next game was kind of interesting. You got Woodmore 0-9 last season at North Central. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think, honestly, this could be flip of the coin. Um, I'm taking Woodmore just because the sheer fact that 
North Central ran a JV season last year. Woodmore, um, they've played a varsity season. Um, I don't know. I'm going Woodmore. We'll see what happens. I think it could be a close game. Yeah, I went with uh, the Eagles of North Central, just kind of pulling for North Central varsity first game and should hopefully have a lot of people out there supporting them. So took the Eagles. Uh, actually, this one I legitimately went with a coin toss. <laughs> I had no idea on either of these two schools, so I flipped a coin, and North Central happened to win it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of with Logan a little bit. Woodmore, you know, playing a varsity schedule, a little bit more experience under their belt. Um, I went with Woodmore. And Bryce had Woodmore as well. A uh, couple eight-man football games here. Uh, Holgate, uh, 0-1 last year at the Fort Wayne Crusaders. Uh, though Keith touched on it, Holgate had a pretty successful season the year before. But, uh, I mean, you look at Fort Wayne Crusaders, uh, they've been pretty good. They were 6-3 and three last year. I think it's just too tough for Holgate. I mean, they're getting back in the swing of things, too. I, I'm taking Fort Wayne. Yeah, with Holgate missing an entire season, that's, uh, you know, a whole season of not playing football. Uh, going with Fort Wayne. Yeah, you know, unless Holgate can uh, <clears throat> find the, the talent to come back that, you know, later maybe later in the season they might be able to pull off some wins, but I don't think they're going to have any shot a shot at it in week one. So I'm going to go with Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne for me. Uh, Bryce was the only one that had a different one. He's he's believing in the Tigers. So uh, Bryce took Holgate. So uh, he won't win against everyone else. So we'll see who wins that matchup. Uh, last eight man and pick here: uh, North Adams Jerome five and four last year at Striker one and seven. Um, again, Stryker had kind of a tough season last year, but uh, North Adams Jerome being five and four last year, and I'm sure they bring back enough talent. I think uh, I'm, I'm taking North Adams Jerome. Yeah, I took North Adams as well. You pull for Stryker just because they're a startup program. I guess not a startup, but a few years into the making. But you pull for them, but taking uh, North Adams. Yeah, I'm going with uh, North Adams as well. North Adams. And Bryce had North Adams as well. So that's all our picks. A um, couple things here. Uh, I just thought, too, did you guys have any players uh, specifically you're excited to kind of watch this season? I know, personally, I think I had really a couple. Um, really looking at a couple quarterbacks. One, I I, th- I would like to watch and really see how Elijah McLeod from Wauseon really develops this year. Uh, he had a really successful sophomore campaign. Um, he's one that's kind of on my radar. I think he can do big things. Um, again, uh, another player, I got to give offensive lineman a shout out is Owen Box from Liberty Center. <laughs> I think he's another one. He's a big boy. Um, second team, All State uh, lineman last season. I, th- I think he's a for sure lock in at first team All State as long as he keeps doing what he's doing. But uh, I was kind of looking at those two. Uh, I think those guys are are some players that keep some eyes out this season. I think they'll 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 do some good things. Yeah, for me, I, I kind of picked one from the GMC and I kind of picked one from NWAL and. Um, actually, I picked two from NWAL. I want to keep an eye on McLeod as well. I think, you know, if we, again, like saying what we said earlier, if he, if he has the season we think he's going to have, he could really have a breakout season. The other guy I want to kind of keep an eye on is Zane Zider. I, I think, um, you know, again, last year against Sonora, I think he had some opportunities that he missed. Um, I think he could be a huge, huge impact for Liberty Center as well. Um, if he plays great as a quarterback position there. And then in the GMC, I really – I'm sticking with the quarterback realm, Carson Olimus. The kid's a gunslinger. Yeah. I think he's going to be the key to, to Antwerp's success. Um, I think they're really going to ride on his shoulders. If he's accurate, they're going to they're gonna run the table. 
Uh, myself sticking to GMC, I like to see uh, Corey Everts of Edgerton. I really honestly think him and Ultimus are probably your one-two punch for player of the year. Owen Burner for Ayersville is another one. I'd like to see what he can do uh, with Trevino gone. Probably, you know, he could literally get 2,000 yards rushing if given the opportunity. But uh, let's stick with the GMC. Those are my three guys. Um, also like to keep an eye on Archibald to see what they can do with uh, Newman graduated. So uh, that's what I have. Uh, I was definitely looking at Carson Ultimus. Uh, watching him play last year was just fun. Uh, even though it was against Sonora, right. it was still fun to see him sling the ball the way he does. Uh, so he'll be fun to watch this year. Another one you had mentioned at Logan was Owen Box. Uh, and you, I think opening up the night here, we talked about the offense and defensive line being kind of the unsung heroes. And I kind of mentioned, you know, somebody that's really a real solid defensive lineman can really destroy anything going on in the offense. So it's going to be fun to see what he does. Yeah, and I think I was kind of hearing you guys talk, and I think obviously we gave the GMC a lot of shout-outs and NWL. There's two kids really from uh, NWC Northwest Conference, Columbus Grove, uh, Tad Koch, and uh, A.J. Schaefer. I mean, like I said, I think that one-two punch at linebacker, I don't – I think – Probably the best linebacker core around. I know we said Tenor's got some good younger ones, but I think those two are our next level. So uh, I think those are a couple kids to to keep an eye out on. You know, uh, one, one other one other you know the thing that you know you mentioned the linebacking crew that would be another group that I want to see is the Tenor's linebacking crew. See if they can hold that defense together and be able to keep people under control enough so that our offense can get rolling. And, and then the other key player that I really want to see in being a Tenor, being a Tenor group here, guys, with nobody shouted out for Tenor, but I really want to see Brandon Edwards, you know, with KP DeLarbor gone, Camaso mm-hmm. uh, gone. I mean, it's really just going to kind of fall at his shoulders and he's going to have to kind of pick up a big load this year. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he, he picks it up. Yeah. yeah, I was actually thinking about Brandon Edwards as well. The only thing I had a problem with there is he's going to be an easy one to key on. Uh, you know, he's going to be kind of, they're going to put in a lot of weight on his shoulders, and unless somebody else steps up on the offense as well, it's going to be really easy to shut him down if he's the only one. Yep. Uh, another player I was actually looking at was from Napoleon, Andrew Williams. Uh, he averaged uh, 23.3 yards per reception last year. Uh, so it's going to be kind of cool to see you know what he can do with this season. Yeah, I think, I mean, all the guys and players you guys named, I think they're all excellent. I mean, that list could honestly go on and on, but <laughs> I just wanted to see, I was curious to see who, what, who kind of stuck out to you guys. Uh, well, guys, uh, that's that concludes the podcast. Uh, just closing thoughts. I know personally for myself, I'm just excited to get the season rolling. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to see who wins the uh, wins the the picks at the end of the season. Who has the best record? So <laughs> yes. I think it'll be a fun challenge for all of us. Uh, yes, thank you for having us, Logan. A good time. Uh, hopefully, we can do this every week. Um, non football related. Shout out to these two gentlemen, right and left, both getting married in the upcoming weeks, months. <laughs> And uh, congratulations to Coach Fairchild over here for the Coach of the Year uh, softball, taking the Lady Rams all the way to the regional semifinals. So, off-season news, we got two guys getting married. Uh, and Coach Fairchild, fantastic. Watch out for the Lady Rams next year in the yeah. springtime. Only Absolutely. We only graduate one, so yes. we'll see what happens. <laughs> no, closing thoughts for me, I, you know, I'm just, you know, Coming back into the coaching realm again in, in football this year just kind of gets me more, even more jacked up for football. You know, just to get out there and this was our first week of practice, and uh, you know, it's, of course it's hot, and you, you know, you you got to push the kids to work in the heat because it's you know <laughs> you have no idea what the game's going to be like. It could be ninety degrees when you play, so um, pushing through that, but having a good time, joking around, have you know, getting back out there on the field and th- throwing a football. And I kind of joked around with AJ. I said, "Dude, I don't think I've thrown a football." And, 
three years. I don't. I, had, I actually looked for footballs at my house. I'm like, I don't know where my footballs are. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I come after practice there on. I think it was Wednesday, and my arm was a uh, hanging a little bit. I was like, man, I got to weed out some of these wide receivers. Man. <laughs> but no, I'm just I'm just super super excited to get started. Football is always fun. AJ, you got any closing thoughts? Not really. Uh, I, congratulations on your engagement. I actually I totally forgot that I had oh. saw that on Facebook. <laughs> um, as far as football goes, I'm just excited, ecstatic. I love college football specifically, um, but high school football is it's awesome because you get to be there for just about every week. You know, college you don't necessarily get to go to as much, so yeah. it's always fun. And I think that's the thing with high school football is you just have the local communities that that love to support their teams and get out. And I think nothing better than like, even last year, look, looking at the Tenora Liberty center game, I showed up, I drove from Finley uh, back from practice uh, when I was playing football at the university of Finley. And I showed up an hour early and Liberty center Tenora fans, the stadium was halfway filled an hour before the game. And I, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. believe it, but I just hope I, I hope all teams get an experience at this season. And uh, I'm just pumped to get things rolling. Absolutely. Um, one last thing, even though we didn't play uh, football, if, you, if like all the athletes and everybody would, we'll try and get them posted. I'll look them up this year. But Luke Krause last year had some of the greatest quotes that should be in locker rooms, just as far as an <laughs> athlete and getting everybody involved as far as your school, your your community and everything. Like just some of the, the quotes that Luke had last year for the basketball standpoint really could be taken into any sport and it just made you feel good. So I'll try and look some of those up and maybe post a video or two of what Luke had to say. But uh, just his quotes is what like every community is about. If you can get everybody out, just have fun. Everybody go participate in sports. Uh, it's too hot, it's too cold, just go out and participate you improve yourself you improve your community um but kudos to luke i will we'll try and get some of those quotes that he had uh last season throughout the basketball tournament so but thanks everybody here we should have a great season looking forward to it in a couple of weeks over at liberty center yeah keith i like those those thoughts and i totally agree with you luke uh, about luke Krause. i mean he's a great kid and uh he had a lot of good things to say absolutely all right. Well, that concludes the podcast. We'd like to thank all of our sponsors, Three Chord, Bat and Stevens Body Shop, Tenora Rams Live, Jim and his Basketball Academy, Fairchild Family Chiropractic, Josh Bush of Sam Switzer Realty, NWO Basketball, and Crystal Vasquez of Amerimade Realty. Uh, we'd like to also give out a special thanks to Jeff Bat for letting us use his uh, amazing new facility and break room up here at Bat and Stevens Body Shop for today's podcast. Uh, stay tuned for the next NWO Sports Podcast in the near future.